Hey, we uh, changed the lineup of this episode midway through, so we don't mention it in the beginning, but uh, normally, so I'm just jumping in to kind of clarify the lineup. We start off with our Apple Arcade versus Google Pass. Uh, then we get into the Boycott Blizzard, which is about a 40-minute conversation. Um, and then we go into the Breakpoint review, and we finish things off with the Arrowverse recap. So that's the new timeline. It's a very long episode because the um, Boycott Blizzard came out kind of last minute for us. So we wanted to make sure to, to address that being that we always talk about Blizzard. Uh, and then and that's about 40 minutes. And I will go ahead and put in timestamps in the description of the episode so you guys can uh, see where to go if you guys want to hear, hear a specific thing. Let's start off with our Apple Arcade versus Google Pass. So these two services are essentially, you pay $5 a month, they're both $5 a month, and you get uh, access to this like library of games through their mobile devices. Now, personally, I'm not a mobile gamer normally. I know you're not, right? Uh, only uh, when I find a good free one. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Honestly, my phone doesn't have enough memory anymore to upload any more games. It's tough for an upgrade. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely. Overdue. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's the idea. Uh, Apple Arcade announced there's a while back, and then it was almost like reactionary that Google Play was like, oh, yeah, but we got one too, mm-hmm. and Google busted out theirs. So we're going to kind of break down what the difference is between the two of them and what they have in common. Let's go off of what's in common first. Uh, the games that are available have no ads, and they're, they have no in-game purchases. That's kind of nice, you know? Yeah. The next is that they have their own tab within the Google, within their stores. So if you're an arcade member, it's on the bottom, and you just click on arcade, and you're good to go. And, and you know, it's it's kind of nice because then if you have so my big overarching thing is I think these services are really good for parents with kids mm-hmm. because we have another brother Miguel yeah. who has his kids, and a lot of times they're on his phone. Yeah. And it would be nice to be like, yeah, but you'd only download things off of this tab. Yeah. Because you know, if you've ever watched one of the kids, which I know you have. They're always looking through your tablet or your yeah. phone or whatever, like, hey, you know, Uncle Frank, Uncle John, can I download this game? Exactly. Oh, how much does it cost? <laughs> if it's free, sure. Download any free game as long as it's not scary. Uh, but when it's like, oh, this one's, you know, $1.99, that one's $10.99, uh, let's go back and get the $1.99 game or something like that. And a lot of the free games are even worse because once you're in, they'll have silly in-game. There's one video, article, video, whatever, I don't remember what it was. But they were talking about this one game where it was like $7 a month or a week and it gave you like three extra lives or whatever, but that was like the bonus package. And the idea is that kids are hooked and yeah. kids are, pick, are picking it up and not knowing. Yeah. They're breaking in the dough. So that's just silly. Um, actually, I think it was uh, Odd One Outs, actually, is one of his videos. So mm-hmm. check that out. Anyway, so uh, yeah, no in game purchase is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is that uh, they can both be played on all supporting devices. So say that you have. Uh, you know, Google Play, Google Chrome, whatever, everything else that's Google with the Android operating system, you can play all your Google Play devices or your Google Play Pass. And then same thing with Arcade. So Apple TV you know, on the iPad, everything like that. So it could be pretty much everywhere. Do those two not cross each other? If you have a Google product, you can't download Apple right. games on it? Correct. That's disappointing. You didn't one, know that? One of those two high five and just share. Because corporate greed? But if... This if, is America. If I own Google and I want my product on everybody's tablet, there is some no no yeah, yeah. So don't get me wrong. Like I use I use Gmail, but I have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. It, that still exists, but there are exclusives still. Hmm. Just like The Last of Us will always be a PlayStation game. That just God seems like seems like you can make more money if you can sell it on twice as many devices. The idea is they're trying to sell the devices. Yeah, but base yeah. that on the quality of your device, not the content that you're streaming through it. 
Good call. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. The main thing is the save will continue through all of them. So if you sit, if you played a little bit on your iPad and then you go to work or whatever, you can continue playing on your iPhone. That's kind of like we've, talk, we've talked about uh, Stadia before. Oh, too. yeah. Well, I'm waiting for Stadia to take over the world. I'm cool with that. <laughs> uh, and then so uh, another exciting thing is that this could lead to a future of no microtransactions in app or a, a plethora of apps that have no microtransactions. Because on Apple's end, anyways, they're funding these games to be made. They actually made by Apple Arcade money. Money, so so the the games are made by our monthly subscription, right? Okay. For Apple Arcade, so far Google Pass doesn't do that, but Apple Arcade does. See, I think backwards. I think um, microtransactions will be the future because you will Generally get will, yeah. you will get hooked to not buy the five five dollars a month subscription that you're willing to pay for a game you don't know about, but you'll be hooked by the free game that you're interested in. Try it, play it, and then pay the microtransactions. Once you're interested in it. Yeah, but the thing is, is if, if this works, then we can get high quality games that are pre-funded. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. then they're funded with... Focus on the quality, not the getting paid From for a game it. developer part, if you're if the money you're getting is coming from microtransactions, then the way you're making the game is to milk the microtransactions. Yeah. And then so you're, you're just creating a slot machine for me. And I'd rather a game developer like, I really want to tell a good story. I just want to focus on the story. Yeah. You know so what I'm saying? We, so we want it to be, as a consumer, we would prefer it as a as a gamer to come from a subscription rather than microtransactions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Apple arcade, they're offer they, they offer a free month and, uh, you're able to try them out for a month. You guys go ahead and do that. Uh, I, I, uh, I suckered into that. So I'm in there. <laughs> nice. And, uh, one thing that's cool is the games that you get there are exclusive to Apple and they let Many of them are funded by Apple. Mm-hmm. They have some really fun games. Some of the big ones that I, I liked, well, I liked, but I wasn't very good at is this hot lava, where you're going around from room to room and you're actually like the room, the floor is lava. Nice. And uh, I'm really not good at it, but it was fun to play. That sounds like a really good VR game. It feels like a VR game, but yeah. it's on your phone. Nice. Uh, but it was pretty good. Rayman Mini was really good, yeah. uh, but you're always moving. So it's kind of like, unlike other Raymans where you're actually controlling left and right, this you're always moving forward, but it was a little hard to, to, to control. But it was still a very good, well done game. These mm-hmm. games are very well made over at Apple Arcade. And then the one I really liked was Ocean Horn 2. This is the sequel to the classic Ocean Horn. And uh, it's like this adventure, kind of like a Link, like adventure, like uh, a Zelda game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very easy to control. Graphics were stellar. It was an all-around really, really good game. Hmm. And uh, I thought it was really good. So uh, next up, Google Play Pass, some of their stuff is they give you 10 days for free. And then one thing I really like is if you subscribe for a year, you can pay just $2 a month. That's not for bad. For the first year. Yeah, that's yeah. dirt cheap. That is dirt cheap. Uh, and their approach is different than, and, and you can tell us because it's reactionary. Instead of giving you new exclusive games, they give you a bunch of classic awesome games that you can play uh, free through their system. So Tierra, which is really good. I don't know if you ever played uh, Tierra. No. Terraria, whatever. Uh, it's like a 2D version of Minecraft. Terraria? Yeah, that one. It's like a 2D version of Minecraft, and I've played it before. It is a lot of fun. Stardew Valley, one of the best games out there, which is this... Um, Farm simulator game, but it's it's got a good story. It's got a lot to it. Reigns, which is really good. And then Star Wars The Old Republic, which is one of the best story-driven games out there. I actually played this on iPad recently. So these games are not exclusive to Google Pass or to Google at all or Android, but they are part of their deal. So it's kind of like, do you want new exclusive titles funded through your subscription or do you just want free access to a lot of classic games? Uh, Apple says that none of these games that are on their arcade are leaving, while Google says that those games there's a very good chance that they will leave, like they'll have a rotating selection. So it's kind of tricky on that part. Uh, out of those two, wh- which one do you think would be better? 
So I have a hard time putting much, or I have a hard time putting any money or much attention into mobile games. It's hard, yeah. And it makes me sad because I know that's just me. The next generation, kids are only looking at mobile games. That's like, that's all the, that and well, yeah, it's uh, like vines how, and memes and whatever social media is throwing at them. You know how old school you sound like saying I know. vines? Vines are outdated already. <laughs> God, I never even, I didn't even get on that train. It already fell out from under my feet. <laughs> God, I'm so old. Um, Don't worry, your mind spice is doing really good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my mind spice. So that's one thing I was just thinking about too is like, um, when you used to be able to put games on MySpace and stuff I, like that. I, I, my, I, like, I made mine like an arcade because uh, it had like, I remember we had Pac-Man and, and Frogger. It had all of them. But yeah, so it's it's not for me. I don't like these. I mean, I play whatever. When I get bored, I'll download. Like I just downloaded a free Hangman game and a free yeah. air hockey game. So when me and my wife are waiting for dinner at a restaurant, I just play air hockey on, on my phone real quick. But mm-hmm. other than that, like I don't get invested in these games. If I want to get invested in a game... It needs to be more than just just what a phone can provide. I need to sit right. at a monitor, have full controls of a keyboard, have headphones on, and get immersed into the game. The what what a what a phone offers isn't enough to me. So I don't know. I'm not really interested in either of these. Um, I download whatever they have for free content, sure, but paid games, I don't want any of them. So I have, again, I'm not a big fan of mobile, like yeah. you are, yeah. but I have actually played like solid full games through yeah. mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars The Little Republic was probably the most notable that I can think of right now off the top of my head. Uh, played it all the way through, you know, it was a revisit for me, but still, I mean, that was a full $60 worth of game that I played through on mobile, and it was still just as impactful. Controls were not as good because, again, I didn't grow up with those controls, but for the kids, that, that's just second nature to them. You followed the story um, the same, but were you immersed like you would be in a PC game? Towards the end, I was because that's that's how Old Republic is. That story's oh, so good at yeah. the end. It's crazy. I don't want to give any spoilers because you were trying it out, but it's it's really good. Um, so I think there can be time. Bastion's a really good mobile game I played. Yeah. Uh, Ocean, I think Ocean Horn's going to be really good as well. Um, Speaking of simple games, back on MySpace, there was a game back in the day I used to play that I loved and I don't know the name of it. Snake. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. It was it was only on the computer back then, but it, it's it was so simple. It could be a, a mobile game, uh, but it was something where you have a little rocket ship and you fly around and you destroy these asteroids, and in them is different um, materials, different um, resources. Uh, yeah, and you have to collect certain resources to be able to continue your mission. And it was it was a very simple game. I could never. I've looked online, Googled it in different terms. It sounds like asteroid, but, it, but I think that's too. It's not. It's a little bit past asteroid, but okay. you fly through through space. Yeah, because I don't think they had the materials part. Yeah, and you you destroy different asteroids and find like okay, this one had this. You might really like the game called Eve, but that's like maybe if you know. think wow, it's addicting. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> Eve, I need less. Eve addictions. has built and destroyed lives. Really? <laughs> yeah, Eve Online. Yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't play Eve Online because, I, again, I, you could only pick one addiction at a time. You can't also be putting heroin and crack in your system. <laughs> Same time. Um, yeah, so I my, mine is World of Warcraft. But for those who play Eve Online, I like to watch a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. And they had a trailer a while ago. Me and Joe like watched it a couple of times. That was The trailer's audio was, like at the time, Vent, or what we call mm-hmm. Discord now, basically. Yeah. So you're actually listening to a raid while you're watching the videos and you're like, man, I want to be a part of that. It was so enticing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed away from that drug because I could only pick one at a time. Right. 
But yeah, so uh, I, personally, I'm going to say Apple Arcade's winning this one so far because I really like the idea of funding the games without microtransactions. Yeah. Well, I mean, both of them are doing that, but they, they're actually putting up the money for these games. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, I really hope Apple, Apple carries through on this and creates some really good ones. Oceanhorn is a really good sign. I think microtransactions are fine as long as they are strictly kept as an afterthought and not part of the funding of the game. If you want to... Yeah. You know, afterwards, release a bunch of skins that people can buy just to make the game more fun. That's totally cool. But don't base your game on expecting people to, you know, buy those skins. And well, that's yeah. what your developers are spending all their time and focus on. That ruins the game for the players. Or if it gives you an unfair advantage to pay money because yeah, we're about to do ridiculous. a review for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And there's that, a that ruins games. There's a little bit of when that. people can cheat or hack or have an unfair advantage. You just throw the game away. All the time I invested in playing that game, building my character, yeah. is just garbage because somebody else can have it without having. Could you imagine playing Minecraft time. and you could you oh for five bucks you'd a diamond pickaxe right away? Creative mode ruins the game. Anybody who oh, plays I, in creative is just a freaking waste of time. So throw your game away. Brody, our nephew, he oh, he watches sometimes, dude. listens sometimes, and uh, I've talked YouTube. to him before where um, he's like, oh, I love Minecraft, but he has only played creative mode. He doesn't. I mean, I've sat him down with Survivor. He has it, and I'm like. I'm telling you, Brody, and then there's a lot of people who swear by creative mode, and they do amazing things. Yeah, they but can, I'm telling they them, can like, build, but it's just a sandbox at that point. When you go in in survival mode, it is, you're, you stepped into this world, though it has very limited functionality of a regular world, but you have to survive. You yeah. gather your resources. If you need to eat, you got to go punch some chickens until you can eat. And even even the survival aspect fades away pretty quickly, because eventually you make a farm and you're like, yeah. good, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea of, so the thing with survival mode, is you run out of resources. Yeah. So you want to uh, build a castle, you're just mining down a mountain. Yeah. Small Beans podcast, very good podcast that uh, we're big fans of. Um, they had a good point where one thing that, that Minecraft does well is you'll be creating something, and right about the time when you get tired is when it's time to go mine for more. Mm -hmm. And then when you're mining for more, that creates a whole different kind of game. And then about when you're tired of mining is when you have enough diamonds over that to go out and create yeah, again. Use resources. So you bounce back and forth, and even like day and night kind of puts you at that because ideally the idea is that. During night, you go mine, and during the day, you go build because, you know. The evidence, to me, the biggest evidence of the value of creative mode or of uh, survival mode. In creative, if you die, there is zero consequence you don't give oh, at all. Man. You don't care. If you die in survival mode, you have your diamond gear, your diamond pickaxe. You've been carrying materials that you've been farming for hours, and you just yeah. got blown up by a creeper, and your mat's all thrown into lava. Your computer is destroyed because you are so pissed off. <laughs> your neighbor knows how bad you are because your monitor went out your window and into their window. You're so pissed and you just like cursed out your whole family. It's bad. There's a mix. It's, it's, it's a wonderful mix of both rage yeah. and panic because you yes. have like what, 10 minutes to get back to your body or Maybe, something like that. Yeah. And you were just like, do I recognize yeah, that rock? Wait. Is it her? The biggest question, where the fuck was I? Damn, I did not save my coordinates if you're using F3 to use, find your coordinates. I did not save them. I didn't use torches or anything to yeah. leave directions to how, where I was. Just exploring. You were there was that in. one canyon, that damn pig I didn't kill, that lucky bastard, but he was standing on the same corner. <laughs> and then once you get into your cave, you're like, I didn't mark anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, it, like, gosh. if you're in the nether when you died, you're like, you're like right outside the nether portal. Like, okay, as soon as I walk in, that timer starts. Here we go. Ready, set, it, go. And you're like, run, 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 run. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's funny the chances you make running back to your body compared to when you have the stuff oh, on yeah. you. Because when you have the stuff on you, you are like double checking for, yeah. for creepers. You're, you're willing to die. Yeah. What you, what you're I making always, mad jumps in. What I always forget is you still need the bare necessities of elements to get back to your body. Yeah. So a wood pickaxe would help. Basic food would help. 
like a few things, if you can just grab them before you start running, would really save you a little bit. But. There are times where you're like one heart left. Yeah. I have to get back to my body. I know I have meat on that thing. Witch poison. Oh my god. Oh man, <laughs> that's a good way to really spike the heart rate. <laughs> so try out Minecraft. Do not even switch to creative mode. Just do survival. And don't play on mobile. Yeah, <laughs> play yeah, don't, yeah. Play, play PC stuff on PC, not yeah. on Xbox, not, a, not on PlayStation. Yeah. PC is PC. the way to play Minecraft. Definitely. Man, that game is so good. <laughs> Okay, uh, so yeah, that's Apple versus uh, Google Pass. I'm going to say go Apple Arcade myself. Any, yeah. any preferences out of those two? Yeah, I use all Apple products, so I'm just going to go ahead and say go I Apple. I think that's going to be the, divide, the driving factor for a lot of people. Yeah. All right, guys, next we're going to be talking about the boycott blizzard that's been going around. Uh, I am with Squeaks on this one. How you doing, Squeaks? Uh, good, good. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Not happy about the situation, but oh, generally okay. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and start off with explaining our perspective on this. Uh, we, as a podcast, are very big Blizzard fans. We have a Blizzard corner that's about monthly, and uh, we it's our favorite developers. It's where a lot of us hang out, are in Blizzard games. It's where I met a lot of friends that are still today friends that I've had for for a long time. You, and it, all of our listeners and our listeners are well aware of this. We have a lot of Blizzard content. So when this came out, we were almost hoping that it would blow over or that it wasn't as bad as it was seeming. But unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, harsh details. We're going to go over the details. I have sources at the end of this so that you guys could look this up from the sources. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, what do you think, Squeaks? Does that sound fair? Uh, yes, de- definitely. Agree. Um, if I had to do a quick thing, it is unfortunate that something like this is happening to a company that we love. We wouldn't, we don't want obviously anything that we love the most to be having any tensions to just yeah. inflict damage on products that we enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Because the harsh part about this is Blizzard Company is a great company. The thing generally, in general, uh, uh, was how we normally it's so hard to talk about this but anyways the thing that's the main thing that we care about is the community behind it so um it's hard when i i now would go and see how my community is doing and there's some of them that are that are leaving because of boycott blizzard and there's some that are staying around and it's like okay this is unfortunate so uh what we're going to do is we're going to break down what had happened to create this boycott blizzard problem mm-hmm. the reaction from basically the internet the boycott blizzard reaction and then we're going to go over blizzard's official response cuz just yesterday we're recording this on a saturday on the 12th on the 11th they had made their announcement and then we're going to talk about if that's enough and what else they can do so let's go ahead and start off with what had happened on the 6th in taiwan uh, a gentleman he is Gamer tag is Blitz Chung. We're going to call him Blitz Chung because when you choose your name, that's your name. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I am Taff. Uh, he's a Hearthstone player and he was uh, on a streamed interview with casters after the Asia Pacific Hearthstone Grandmasters match. Uh, at the end of the interview, the casters said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this, said, say what you want to say and then we'll be done because they were, they were they knew what he had wanted to get out there. He's from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then ducked underneath their desks. Blitz Chung shouted in in his language. He shouted, uh, "Liberate Hong Kong! Revolution of our time." Sometimes that's that's uh, age. So translation, you know, is hard on all this stuff. While wearing a gas mask and goggles, which is a symbol of the protest. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So Blitz Chung is from Hong Kong, uh, where this is the rallying cry for the current Hong Kong protests that are going on over there. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that that's like with Overwatch, for example. The, the Taiwanese team isn't considered, they're not called from Taiwan. They're instead, say, say uh, Chinese ta- Taipei. 
and they can't even use the Taiwanese flag. They have to use this Chinese Taipei flag, um, which is not necessarily the flag that the people, the players follow. Uh, on the 8th, two days later, Blizzard announced that Chung's prize money had been rescinded and he will be suspended for a year. And the two casters were fired. I hear from other resources that they were also suspended for a year, but uh, what uh, my latest thing says they're fired. Uh, according to Blizzard, Chung violated the 2019 Hearthstone Grandmasters official competition rules, section, section 6.1, which forbids any act that brings you into public disrepute, offends a portion or group of the public, or otherwise is damage, damages Blizzard's image. Uh, then they, they further on, that was in the rules, okay? And then in the statement, they further on go, Grandmasters is the highest tier of Hearthstone esports, and we take the tournament rules violation very seriously after an investigation we are taking the necessary actions to prevent similar incidences from happening in the future uh so from the rules i'm bringing it to you squeaks now uh do you think he violated the rules according to their their stated rules there well you're saying that he it was about a offending if you can say that line again offending a certain so uh, yeah, uh, people or what was that? Bring, yeah, so you can't defend a portion or group of people of the public, basically, and you can't damage the Blizzard image. Well, man, that's tough because you're not. I guess you're not really offending. Well, I guess you're offending your government in a way, which your government's that's being harsh part. right now. Um, yeah. Now, making Blizzard look bad, maybe there was a a better way of doing it, not acting like a childish, putting a gas mask on, and then well, yelling well, hold some on, shit. No, hold on. I want to create. I want to. I want to correct you right there. Okay. Uh, I, I just want to say, the gas mask thing that is, um, their symbol for this this riot. So it's like they also have the umbrella symbol. Um, so it's it, it looks silly maybe from our point of view, but from their point of view, it is actually like their rallying cry. If that makes sense. Yeah, but. I don't know. If you're still trying to be professional, you still need to be professional in a way. Right. I will say this, though. The casters, I think, were slightly unprofessional. They were kind of laughing and joking around beforehand. And then um, I think it might have been because they knew that he was going to do this and they're trying to seem more whimsical about the situation. Mm. Knowing that they were probably going to get fired is the reason they ducked underneath the desks right before he said it so that they weren't seen on camera. Uh, They have a very big censorship issue in China to where uh, there's so many things you can't even Google. Uh, we won't even get in, into the whole Winnie the Pooh situation, which is uh, famous over there. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so you're thinking that that he might have violated it, or well, it's like borderline, really. Because really, if you're, yeah, if yeah. I don't know, like it's not there to God. It's kind of hard to choose my words on this one. It's That's not, right, dude. I know. <laughs> Because it's 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 like on the line. You're not really officially offending someone, but then Blizzard has the standard that they want to present themselves. So you putting on this gas mask and shouting out some shit about what you believed in. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's not really like 100% it's clear. It's not like he said F these people or whatever the case may be. It's not feels so directed. And... And one big thing we do on this podcast, guys, just to give you a heads up, is when we first started this podcast, there was three things we were not going to talk about. Politics, race, religion. Uh, we do talk about race sometimes because of casting situations, and uh, we, I think we handle those quite well. Yeah, I don't think we uh, know, mean no harm 
We, oh, we never do. Yeah. No. And then politics, this is literally the first time we're talking about politics is why we're trying to be so sensitive to every single thing we're saying. Uh, so uh, we will be backing everything we're saying with sources at the end of this, just because we're really trying to be particular on this. So I just want to kind of get that out there before we get too much farther. Um, now, personally for me, I think the key here with this statement is that it's just way too loose. Blizzard yeah. really needs to tighten this thing up. If they don't want politics in there, then say you don't want politics. Because okay. currently what's going on is they're using this umbrella term and people are upset about, um, okay, well, then Blizzard, you need to, your American company, defend American ideals, which is freedom. And and that's what's being argued for in this in these Hong Kong uh, protests is uh, these laws that were being passed upon them. And uh, which is like literally, you know, what we rebel, uh, rebelled against, uh, you know, over 200 years ago. So, and then one big thing I want to make sure to get out there too, before we go too much farther, is this: the Chinese version of the statement is quite different. Uh, the translation is rough, uh, so it's hard because there's a lot of tonal stuff that's that's uh, changed over there. But essentially, it says that the casters were banned for life, and that they totally disagree with what was said. Not necessarily that he broke the rules. It was a disagreement in what he had said. And then they ended it with, we will uphold our country's honor. Now, this is a statement by an American country talking about the honor that Chinese government is, yeah, uh, you know, having an issue with. So there, this was up on the Hearthstone website. Some people are like, well, it could have been written by Tencent, which owns 5% of the company. And as a Chinese company that does that, they own 100% of Riot Gaming now, uh, League of Legends. But even if that's the case, it was still on the Hearthstone website. So this was endorsed by Blizzard, yeah. this Chinese version of the statement. And uh, it's a much more harsh statement. So it's a little bit, a uh, little tricky. Yeah. That's, uh, let's go into what Chong's response was here. He had told uh, the website, this esports news website, uh, Invin Global, which I hadn't heard about them before, but they actually have some interesting articles there. Uh, he had said... As you know, there are serious protests in my country now. My call on stream was just another form of participation of the protest that I wish to grab more attention. So he knew that he was going to get in trouble. You know, when he, during the full interview, you could tell he knew that he was going to get in trouble doing this. He just thought that this is my chance. I'm on a global stage. I'm going to try to bring some attention to the by people that are out there. Um, in that sense, I do applaud him. I think, you know, uh, he might have gotten these two casters in trouble in doing that. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the casters felt about that. You know, it felt kind of like maybe it was a put upon them. Well, you're saying the casters semi knew that he was going to do this, correct? They did know that he was going to do this, yeah. but I wonder if it was a request on his part. You know what I'm saying? Like, say like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do the interview, but by, by heads up at the end of it, I'm going to shout out something that's probably going to be offensive to a lot of the audience. And they're like, um, okay, I guess that's why they, you know, then they ducked under the desk afterwards. Yeah, so you think um, they duck? You think they duck under the desk because of like scared of being seen, or they knew it was yes. going to happen? Okay, so then do you think they knew that it was going to happen? Be like, okay, we're with you, but we don't want to be a part on TV. Or is like, holy shit, he's doing it. Let's duck. I oh, no, I think it's. I think they might have been with them. I don't want to put words in their mouth in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. I. But when you watch the stream, they're side by side. So him saying this would have their faces up, and I think they're thinking like, you know what? If we want to have a future. Uh, in Hong Kong, China, you know, then we need to make sure that we're not seen here. And so they ducked underneath knowing that, you know, there's a censorship problem that they have over there that they needed to be ahead of the game on it. Yeah. I mean, it, so, it depends if they were dragged into this. If it was dragged into us, then shame on Blitzchung for yeah. making people not 100% uh, on board with you. Put them in, that's, put them that's in the a thing. situation. Yeah. And if you had said like, 
hey guys, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a shame that they if they were innocent in the situation that they got blamed for. But Strug took the chances and he's feeling the repercussion from it. But he took the chances knowing that he really needed to get his message out there. Um, you know, it's just a form of protest that that he felt like this is my opportunity. I'm I'm out there. Now, do you um, think he could have done it a more professional way instead of shouting out what he did? Uh, I don't think I don't. You know, it's one of those things where it's a protest, so you have to kind of be disruptive. It's the point of the protest, so I yeah. think he might have done it the best way he could have. I don't know. I I just feel like if you talk more professional in a way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get what you're saying again, with the protest, it, though. But yeah, it's hard because when you watch the actual stream, there might be a bit of a cultural difference too. Because mm. when I'm watching the streams, like they seem like they're all joking around, hmm. but it could be because I'm from a different culture. I'm not understanding it as well. Yeah, but uh, it's it's tricky. So let's let's now move on to the uh, internet's repercussion for this. Okay, we're gonna move on to the boycott Blizzard stuff. The internet reacted uh, swiftly, asking for the boycott on all of Blizzard's products. Um, both Blizzard and Boycott Blizzard were trending on Twitter. Memes started getting out there. You know the meme game is. Yeah. And uh, they're actually pretty good, too. Uh, you know the character May from Overwatch? Yes. So they've been using her as like their mascot now for this, for this Hong Kong protest and uh. the Boycott Blizzard. And uh, at, right after this, okay. they they you should see some of the artwork. They've done a really fantastic job, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Uh, one of her sayings, because all the Overwatch people have sayings, one of them is, our world is worth fighting for. They've been using that yeah. directly against Blizzard um, because they, they feel like the Blizzard should be fighting for freedom. And uh, they've been they've been basically doing a bunch of different uh, renderings using Mei as like this new Hong Kong front. She's a Chinese character within the game of Overwatch, if you guys are not familiar with her. Um, and they use a lot of her um, New Year Chinese New Year's uh, costume, and then like uh, change that up. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, everybody's been trying to delete their accounts. Uh, well, not everybody. There's been a lot of people that are trying to delete their accounts. It got so bad that uh, now this is according to Twitter screenshots. Because if you go into the hashtag, you could see a lot of people sharing the screenshots of them. You know, going through processes. One guy was taking off the Overwatch symbol on his car, stuff like that. Um, well. It was getting to the point, according to the screenshots, that when people were deleting their account, it was eventually blocking them because you have to be, you have to authenticate you before you can delete that account. Of course, all four versions of authentication were eventually terminated so that you couldn't delete your account at a certain point. Um, Because during the quarterly calls, I mean, they do these quarterly, uh, you know, fiscal calls, and if all of a sudden, oh yeah, we lost 20 million accounts or something like that, it's going to look very bad. So, of course, Blizzard had to stop the bleeding. I don't know if they should have. I actually don't think they should have done it that way. I think that's unfortunate, you know. Um, and then the last thing that Blizzard was doing, or uh, the, the internet was reacting on Blizzard forums. It's a place where people share their ideas and what they want out of Blizzard a lot of times. So like if you're an Overwatch player and you're like, oh, it feels like May is overpowered, you can complain on the forums. And if enough people do, Blizzard will take action and, and nerf May, big place World of Warcraft. Well, they actually were putting bans out, and if you had mentioned anything about deleting your account or about the Hong Kong situation, these are according to screenshots, they were banning people for 1,000 years. Just pretty heavy ban. Uh, now, do you think, is there anything in Blizzard lore that represents 1,000 years? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, this is kind of like a... Uh, yeah, you think I, they reference be... like something in World of Warcraft story or something? Because that 1,000 years is pretty... Come on now. 
Well, they showed people were showing like, oh yeah, I can't play or I can't use the forms again until October tenth, twenty or thirty nineteen. That's and, so crazy. Uh, it's so crazy. I don't think Blizzard would be cr- insane enough to do that. Like if they were like, oh, well, we'll kind of make a joke about like, yeah, that that's last time Arthas attacked or some. <laughs> yeah, boy, Blizzard would be stepping into some shit if they did that. Uh, but yeah, so the internet basically has been in an outrage. It's even making like news coverage. My parents who watch like old people like news news, they were like, do you hear about this thing, that Blizzard company that you like so much? And uh, <laughs> I had to explain them like the full details of, like... What's this kid's name? What, he's got a crazy name. I'm like, oh, it's Blitzchung, you know? <laughs> so I had to kind of explain the situation to them. Um, so yeah, it spreaded pretty quick. Hmm. We also saw uh, other companies start to disagree, disagree with Blizzard. Uh, the well, two real, notable real ones. Real quick on the on the people, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, of course, of course. Like, I think we, we briefly talked about this right before. But the people that are complaining are here probably what, in the States? Or who are the majority that you think? I, well, it's, it seemed worldwide. A lot okay. of UK, a lot of the states, of course. A lot of um, – they don't – like I said, we're lucky to be where we're at and have of course. safe freedoms we do. So they're yes. not used to – you can't – okay, a lot of people like say war. Oh, we want to be the good guys. Oh, we shouldn't be the good guys because it's a bad idea. Oh, but we want to be the good guys. Okay, so fucking pick one. One. Right, so right. if you want to share like our freedoms that we have here and then spread it to China, you got to understand that that's, it's not like this everywhere. So it's real easy just to scream and shout like, oh, they should have freedom of speech or we should have freedom of, or our person should have freedom of speech as well. Yeah, we have freedom of speech, but doesn't mean we have, you know, repercussions of what we say. So if right. you're an athlete, this is just any athlete and fuck it. Why not? Because I don't. I'm not a big fan of calling <laughs> video gamers athletes because I don't consider myself an athlete when I play video games, except for FIFA. Uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> say, except for FIFA. Uh, maybe I, I put my cleats it. on and sit in the living room. So, <laughs> so, um, so athletes were signed on a contract. You're saying in the contract that he had these things. Yeah, I feel like they're borderline to what it uh, uh, said about keeping a certain image. Mm-hmm. And they can change those rules to be more specific, like, hey, you know, politics and all that shit, because we have an image that we want to keep. Yeah. Our money's coming in from everywhere. So if right. that's what it is, you have to respect that in your contract, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And later on, too, we get some, we get a, when, from the official response from Blizzard, I think they explain that part pretty well. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's smart, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to that when we get to Blizzard's official response. Okay. Um, but then the but pe- yeah, they, yeah, they do kind of. Yeah, I think be- people are overly I, I think reacting. one thing, well, I think people were, this is something like day one when this came out, I told everybody like, this is just internet rage. You guys need yeah. to actually follow this up if you believe this. So you have the two kind of, you have actual rage where you guys are like, okay, then unsubscribe stuff. Stop. Overwatch is coming out next week on Switch. Everybody who buys Overwatch next week on Switch best not be typing out hashtag boycott boy- Blizzard right now. Don't buy Overwatch on Switch. That's True. how you're going to hit their poker. Po- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it to me, it's irritating when you got people that are like, oh, I'm just posting pictures and saying hashtag boycott Blizzard because it's trending and I want to be cool. Then next week, you're going to go buy Overwatch. Bullshit. If you actually don't support Blizzard, then don't support them. They don't True. care what you're putting on Twitter. They care about their bank account. So actually don't support them. Yeah, true. I yeah. agree. I agree. Because uh, Halloween costumes are going to come out for Overwatch, and uh, I'm going to be dropping some money. Right. I mean, I, I look great <laughs> with that with those tracer pants. Don't think yeah. I'm not being going as tracer. <laughs> so yeah. 
All right. Uh, yeah. Other companies, though, they, they've been saying they disagree with Blizzard. The two big notable ones is Epic Games. Of course, they're huge because of Fortnite. And mm-hmm. we do their Epic Games store. Uh, freebie games every Friday, guys. Check those videos out. Uh, Epic says, Epic supports everyone's right to express their views on politics and human rights. We wouldn't ban or punish a Fortnite player or contestant creating creator for speaking on these topics. Uh, this was in an interview with Verge. So... That's a big the, one. Epic has taken some shit in the past, and they're over here saying like, "We're we're going to defend human rights and politics." And you know, RBs do they sponsor anyone though? Epic. They have their own. They have Fortnite, the tournament from Fortnite. Okay, so if because this person from Blizzard is sponsored by Blizzard, correct? Or no? No. Well, no. They're just a player. They're oh. not sponsored by Blizzard. No. Oh, this is interesting then. But you said he yeah, signed a contract, right? Right, for the tournament, to be in the tournament. Oh, okay, so... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not as simple as being banned. It's like, no. it, it, we it, we can't even say it's like football, because that's something you and me both know very well, is, is you know, American football. Yeah. Um, But yeah, even then, you're you're signed to a team. This is something different. You're, you're participating in a tournament. So what happens with the fort, a Fortnite kid comes along, and every time he's playing, he's showing these political images from a t-shirt or a flag or whatever the case yeah. may be every day on TV. Epic is not I, – I, I put money that Epic will be like, oh, uh, shit, okay, this is lasting a little too long than expected. That's the thing is we're at a time now where we just don't know because it's not been tested yet. This version yeah. of sports has not been tested before. Yeah. So we're just now kind of learning, you know? Yeah. Uh, then other company that kind of stepped out and I think was kind of shit because a lot of companies are saying like, oh, yeah, we wouldn't do this just to kind of get on the bandwagon too. One of them in particular is, which, hold on, before I say that though, there are companies that are trying to do good. Mm-hmm. Epic statement, I think, whether or not they'd stick to it, I think is a good statement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, anyways, this game, this card game called Gods Unchained, uh, it's a new card game. They offered to pay for Blitz Chung's prize money and gave him a ticket to their tournament. Who so, the fuck is this company? <laughs> God, God, yeah, Gods Unchained. They're a brand new card game, and they're trying to like, you know, step God's in on her stone money. You know. Okay. So I thought that was a pretty interesting way. Like, if you think about the ad revenue, if you if if Blitz Chung was to come out and say like, yeah, I'm going to Gods Unchained, they treat me right. Holy cow, all of a sudden trending is God's Unchained. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, that's a smart move on God's Unchained then. Yeah, it, I, honestly, all companies should kind of be... There's been so many... Another thing, too, is I see a lot of... Uh, if you boycott Blizzard and you're an Overwatch player, come play Paladins. If you're... Like, if it, like the Paladins guys are making these memes to send out to try to get the boycott players... Or boycott Blizzard players over. So Paladins, you know, they're trying to get the Overwatch guys. Yeah. And then you get... Um, uh, uh, Magic the Gathering, whatever they're trying to make the ones that get the Hearthstone guys. So everybody's working this, trying to ble- peel away Blizzard because Blizzard has been. If you're a Blizzard fan, a lot of times you're loyal to them. And those that are actually leaving, it's a good time to try to get them hooked into something different because they're the kind of player that will return, that will spend money in your game after they already bought the game. These are the best kind of player gamers right now. Like Blizzard players are some of the best players there are. So if you can get them, you're you're gonna get some good players for life. Uh, yeah, because that's true. Because I mean, let's face it: a lot of the games that we play that are similar to Blizzard games, we compare it to Blizzard games, and then they're just we just love them always. more. They always, always, every time I play another MMO, we've tried MMOs before. Yeah, we always say like maybe in the beginning, like this is gonna be the wild killer. This is gonna be great. 
fast forward, you know, 20 hours of playing, we're like, I could be just playing World of Warcraft right now. It's a better, well-made game. Easy. You know, so that happens all the time. Yep. Um, politicians from, uh, in the United States, we have two major parties. Both sides are agreeing that Blizzard should do something about this to fight back against China, uh, the, ch- the pressure from China. And then the biggie, Hold the one on. that really- What was that last part? You're saying our two parties are actually agreeing with what? <laughs> Both parties agree the Blizzard should stand up to China. Okay, two things that are crazy in that statement. One, both of them agree. <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Two, two is I'm kind of surprised. Be, well, I mean, I, I get on, I get on some uh, yeah, sides that I we want to take know, yeah. bring things back and whatnot. Whatever, cool. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually surprised though on that one. I, I'm I'm happily surprised on it, but I am surprised by it. I think it's. I think it's good, but yeah, I'm a little happy surprised by that. Yeah, until your socks start costing twenty five dollars for two exactly. pairs. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think politicians are just going for for sound bites right now. Yeah. Um. And then the next thing, the thing that really I think hit big was that the Blizzard employees started voicing their opinion. So, mm-hmm. uh, we had Blizzard employees go out on protest. They surrounded the Orc Warrior statue that's at the entrance of the you know Blizzard campus, using the umbrellas, which is another symbol of the Hong Kong uh, riots from back in 2014. I think it was when they first started. And then this renewed one, they also bring them back the umbrellas. Uh, They covered two sayings. So on the statue around the base of it is eight sayings. Two of them were covered up. One of them is think globally. The other one is every voice matters. These eight statements are the statements in which Blizzard, the company, live by. So to cover these two up, showing that Blizzard has turned their back on their core values. Okay, well, what do you think think globally stands for? Right. So... So they're saying think globally as in lead the way into what you think would be right. Like, well, the, another one that I don't think they covered it up was like um, leadership first. I say it later on in the, in the notes, but mm-hmm. yeah. So it's I, kind of tricky. Okay. But then it's like, okay, do you take it as think globally? Like, hey, other shit's going on and you should be considerate of what's going on or just be like, no, nah, like what you said, we should be, you know. Well, you got to remember, you got to remember that. Uh, while maybe one country is offended by something that's being said, the other country is celebrating it. So we can't just say that you have to be like, oh, well, you're offending one country. It's really tricky. Yeah. So um, and then, yeah, they cover that. So then a bunch of forum mods quit it, too. So like there's on the forums, you have uh, moderators that are kind of keeping things clean, keeping things. Well, a bunch of them just quit out of this. And then the last thing, which was pretty nuts, I think it was that night that Blitzchung was was banned. Uh, there was a U.S. Hearthstone like uh, event going on that was live streamed from Blizzard, and one of the U.S. teams held up a pro Hong Kong, you know, you know, bring back Blizz, uh, whatever it was. Anyways, and right away they cut the feed on that team. They showed just the other team during a BlizzCon wow. or during a Hearthstone match. They did that for like five, ten seconds. Then they cut to the two announcers that were like, um, um, <laughs> quickly scrambling. They were clearly uh, on their toes. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah. And, wow. uh, yeah. And then there are protests already planned for BlizzCon on Reddit. So oh, Reddit's man, let's talk about that. Well, we'll get to it. Let me, let me, let me hold on. Give me okay, one second. You get me all excited. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, let's just go. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to be talking about the whole, like they, they're banning people on the forums, but basically that's it. So, okay. um, yeah, we're going to BlizzCon, right? You, me, yes. we're going to BlizzCon and we plan on doing a lot of, um, we're going to do a pregame show for BlizzCon. It's always our biggest episode. The BlizzCon episode is always our biggest one. So we do a pregame BlizzCon episode. We do two while we're there. 
And then oftentimes the next time we get together, we're still talking BlizzCon and some of the wrapping up of it. So it's huge for us. Um, we're still going to BlizzCon. Yes. We're not going to boycott BlizzCon. We look forward to it. Uh, here in America, we have very limited vacation and you kind of have to, this is my vacation every year is BlizzCon. Very rarely do I go somewhere else during the year. I usually go to BlizzCon while I'm down there, I go to Disneyland, stuff like that. So it becomes my vacation. Um, and so it's one of those things where we're going, I think though, I'm going to get your opinion on this now and we'll see how, what you think. Um, we will be sharing all the news from all the announcements with the Warcraft announcements, Diablo, everything like that. We're going to be sharing all that announcements. I think we should also be sharing whatever protests happen to be down there, showing pictures of those too. What do you think? I think we could talk. I think we could definitely talk about what's going on there. If there's a huge crowd, little crowd, whatever the case may be, because it is yeah. something that's going to be a hot topic, even though inside the convention, they might try to ignore it and not mention anything about it. Still, yeah. everyone else knows around and they want to know what's going on. Cause if they're not there, even your, uh, they still do the virtual ticket, right? You can watch BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they're going to show that stuff. So, right, and uh, I think we should show it because I like to stream what it's like. To, the big thing this year we want to do is show video from the actual convention floor, so you guys can see what it's like on the convention floor. Because BlizzCon is wonderful, it's huge, it's big, it's it's this big grand spectacle. Um, so we want to show you guys that. It's the yeah. same place they do D twenty three to kind of explain how big this thing can be. Um, but we're going to show you all of it. So if they are protesting out there, we'll show you the protests. We'll show you all that too. So you will get the full scene because that's what is big in Blizzard right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is all like, uh, less than a month away from BlizzCon. So as uh, uh, as we're there, um, be considerate of others. Don't fucking block my way while I get my ticket because I'm looking forward to going. <laughs> right. There will there there possibly will be people that do that. And uh the hard part is, is you know, we spent good money to go. It's not like we get press passes. I mean, yeah, God, I yeah. wish. <laughs> yeah. We pay we we spend money for it. We spend money on the hotel and stuff like that. There are a lot of streamers like that to do get we're just not big enough to get free press passes. But Bliss, I mean, hey, come on. Yeah, um really. So we're, we're gonna be going. And and yeah, so we spent our good money on it. Let's let's try to enjoy it as well and, and just still share all the good news to you guys and bad news, everything that happens. True. Uh, okay, so now Blizzard's official response. This just came out on Friday. And uh, what they ended up doing is they decreased the ban on Blitzchung and the two casters down to six months and returned the prize money to Blitzchung. Uh, and I've heard from one resource that they actually invited him back to the current tournament system. So... Like after this, basically the band will kick in. I'm not sure about that because I only heard it from one place and I'm not entirely positive on that. Uh, Jay Allen Brack, who's the president of, of Blizzard, actually last year at BlizzCon, they made the switch over from Mike to to Jay. Um, <clears throat> he put this big, big uh, statement out, but I'm just going to go over a couple key things from there. Uh, they are still committed to their values, to think globally, and every voice matters. Um they feel that their esports program is an expansion of their values and want to bring together people from all cultures. They use the post-match interviews, which is what this was. It was a post-match interview uh, to hear the excitement of the players and feel it was wrong for Blitz Chung to use that moment to talk about a situation in Hong Kong. Uh, while they feel every voice matters, they do want the official broadcast to be focused on the esports themselves. And then uh, this this last statement, this is, this is an exact quote. So I'm going to read exactly what the quote was. Uh, part of thinking globally, leading responsibly, leading responsibly was the other one I couldn't think of earlier, yeah. and every voice matters, is recognizing that we have players and fans in almost every country in the world. Our goal is to help players connect in areas of commonality, like their passion of our games, and to create sense of shared communities. 
So that's directly from them. Uh, the key there, I think, is the fact that they have uh, players in every part of the world. And so I, I'm going to go, like, personally, my stance on this is I think you guys are a game of heroes, like, especially Overwatch, but all of your games are heroes. And we strive to be heroes. And I think they have to step up and just be better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In a lot of ways. I think this is a moment where Blizzard could. Okay, so we talked about what do you think about that? What do you think about this statement? Well, I'm gonna you're gonna you're probably gonna hate me. I don't. I think if a, a company agrees to have whatever type of actions after a certain something like this happens, they need to stick with it. Now, if they dumb it down a little bit, I understand. I think ten thousand dollars off the athletes, you know, the player prize winnings. It's kind of like mm, yeah, it's a little harsh for someone that just plays a video game and that's their income. But yeah. um, banning him, fine. Ban him. Okay, cool. Whatever. Um, but to go back on their actions, I think is a, is a, uh, a cowardly move. Um, I, I would, yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no, you're good. But, uh, but you see a lot of people do that cause they get scared of what the backlash is. You need to be right. stick with now. Are you trying to fix a little bit of it to have a better, I don't know, stance on it, I guess, to try to meet in the middle in a way. Yeah. And that, that's great. Just. Just be the company that sticks to it no matter what, in a way. I, I think this is yeah, I think a good way to walk away from this. I have two different ways they could walk away from this, and I think it'd be good. First off, they would have to totally unban everybody, give all the money back, and then they need to go through and say, we're going to be changing our policy and actually be very direct in what exactly is against the rules Okay. Um, so that there isn't any loopholes, because I think their policy is just too loose. Um. Yeah, because it's hard when we pinpointed it in the beginning of this episode. We we're like, well, you know, it's kind of here and kind of there. No, it just needs to be more strict. Yeah. What I would really like, this is like in a perfect world scenario. Of course, this is something that's damn near impossible. I would like for Blizzard to come out and say, you know, here's his money back. Here's everything back. And we're going to lead the effort into trying to strive for freedom everywhere. Like, like if you're going to be an American company that tries to lead narratives that have heroes overcoming oppression then okay be a company doing that and really push for it you know what i'm saying like this is your chance right now all eyes are on you blizzard take this negative and turn it into your chance to be the paladin you know what i'm saying get out there be tyrell be the hero really step forward um because there's a lot of companies and we'll go over a couple of them here that bend the knee to china and china's a growing market so that's one thing like blizzard has stockholders they're, they're beholden to making sure the stockholders receive money and that's just how capitalism works and a company like okay so disney for example you know they they do a lot of things like marvel they change they change the uh the monk that's dr strange's grandmaster they changed him from my tibetan monk to uh the white lady because they didn't want to they couldn't use the tibetan monk for china hold market. on what so they edited yeah. that whole character out of the movie no, 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 no. So, Doctor Strange's um, mentor, the Grandmaster, that's what I'm trying to think of, the Grandmaster. The, the white lady, right? Yeah, she's supposed to be a Tibetan monk. They okay. didn't want to use a Tibetan because they can't, basically, in in China. China doesn't want anybody to recognize Tibet as its own thing. Okay, so what they call it when they end up calling her? Well, she's they didn't call her anything, but oh. normally it's, the, it's, it's clearly a Tibetan monk. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Reddit, for example, everybody uses, you know, it's, they're, yeah. they're, getting these rights together or these 
protest together for BlizzCon. Uh, they received $1.5 billion from uh, Tencent uh, for uh, political self-censorship. So, you know, they're receiving money from this whole thing, too. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, right. it's it's pretty nuts. Um, you know, let's see, a bunch of airlines... They won't show the map. They they get in trouble if they show the map without Taiwan or like that included in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Paramount Pictures uh, removed the Taiwanese flag on a uh, Tom Cruise jacket in a uh, in Top Gun sequel, so that he had like the Taiwanese flag on there. They removed it off of there digitally. That's so that ridiculous. Wasn't a problem you know what? I, this is that's this is getting ridiculous because this is on news to me too. If you uh, companies are just too greedy. They want as most money as they can. Marvel just obviously recently went over to China, and we saw how that big-ass launch was with the movie, uh, yeah. with one of the Avengers movies. But it's like, at some point, you know, th- that's not cool. Uh, There's a whole bunch of them, dude. That's ridiculous. It's to the point where it's like, you're going to make a billion here. You're just being greedy, making billions everywhere. And I, I okay, I get that. Money's money, money. Everybody wants more money. But at some point, it's like, what can't you buy with a billion that you have to need two billion for, you know? Yeah, this is getting there's, ridiculous. There's a, there's a couple more crazy ones I want to make sure to get out there before mm-hmm. we go back to the to the main point of this. Mercedes Benz apologized for using a Dalai Lama quote in their ads because they don't believe in the Dalai Lama, or they don't believe in that Dalai Lama. They think that they already have, you know, they're, they're trying to, they're picking the next. I can't remember the next the next llama basically that picks back and forth. They're trying to steer it into their thing, so they they banned him, or they oh they uh, they apologized for that. Mercedes Benz did. Okay, one one more that I forgot about too. Apple, so you know how we have like there's iCloud stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In China, the state-run telecom company saves every piece of Apple data that goes through your Apple phone. Damn, this so is they're insane. just they're just farming off the Apple phones over in China. Now, Blizzard, not a big company compared to some of these other companies like Apple and Disney and stuff like that. But the eyes are on them right now. This is the time for them to come out and say a statement that can push for if if blizzard says something and then if epic wants to join in on this if then if we they can get somebody big like like disney or you know reddit's a good size if they, if reddit wants to give the 1.5 billion dollars from tencent and remember blizzard's owned by five percent of tens or tencent owns five percent of blizzard so you know there's that too but um yeah they can this is pretty crazy but blizzard cool. could take this moment to really lead the the charge now, two things come in mind, though. One, Epic better fucking back them up for the statements that they're saying and not fucking go of course. with their yeah. tail up between their legs. And two, can Blizzard take a hit like this, though, with the money if that they Blizzard bring in If Blizzard came out and said there? that statement, I think they might have... I personally... This is just me, Frank. I personally would... I would buy extra digital shit that I, I so right yeah, now I, but I you, use gold to buy you, know, you can't make up that 12% that they make from like the Asian uh, Pacific area well I, look I'm not going to provide 12% of yeah, Blizzard's yeah. income myself <laughs> but I think there might be that kind of response I, it will definitely not be the 12% Yeah. but I think their fans because the Blizzard of old before Activision I mean my god the fans would carry them upon their shoulders and would do anything for them that's the Blizzard that we all love really yeah. uh, the Activision thing kind of hurts nowadays um, yeah so I think there, if there's enough positive feedback, I mean, Classic Wild just raked in a bunch of cash. They have a cushion right now. So this is the time to take that chance and see what they can do. It's that it's kind of it like just, what I mentioned. It's so hard because it's publicly traded. Yeah, it's kind of like what I mentioned. Like, do you really need 
the other source of income to support what you are now. Like, just say if they were in, just say if they lost China. Mm -hmm. Why do you need that income? What do you need to pay for that you can't without China? You know? Yeah. Like, how are you not sustainable without that? That's insane to me. You should be able to. So if that's your, like you're saying, you want to be that true heroism that you make these characters out to be, then I don't know, do something about it. If that's what you believe in too, now it's just a money game. If you don't, we know why. Yeah. I get it. So we'll see how things go. Um, if there's any major developments in this, we'll of course add it to the next couple episodes. Um, our next episode is going to be primarily, it'll be news. It'll be a lot of this. Uh, our, um, um, gosh, what I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> I'm all Overwatch, but it's not Overwatch. Watchmen. Uh, oh, yeah. We're doing our comic book club. It's the Watchmen episode. That'll be uh, next week. And then the week after that, we'll be doing our big BlizzCon episode. So I'm sure if there's any developments, we'll have a moment to talk about it there. Um, and it'll be our BlizzCon prep episode. So you'll be hearing more from us, guys. Again, we'll give you all the news from BlizzCon, whatever way it goes. Uh, and if if you disagree with us, please let us know on Twitter. I'm always open to have conversations with anybody that disagrees with us. Uh, we have a very good and active Twitter group. Um, it's just, this is a tough one for us. I'm not going to lie. This is a tough one for us. We're really trying to be careful about the words we say. Oh, I want to give the sources for everything that I've been talking about. Uh, Jesse Young from CNN uh, Business. Tom uh, Matheson. Matheson, maybe? Matheson, that's the one. Uh, from uh, uh, Invent Global. He's the one that interviewed uh, Blitz Chung. Lauren Strapagali from BuzzFeed News. And then there's uh, Bellular's YouTube channel. You guys should always check out Bellular. And also Talias and Never Tells YouTube channel. They both had some really good details. Uh, so check those guys out, all those all those writers and, and YouTubers and uh, different websites that have quite a bit of good news on this, interesting news on this, and they go into much better detail than we do. But yeah, so we'll continue with the show. But again, if you guys have any opposition to what we're saying, if you guys just agree with us, we are open to having a conversation over Twitter uh, anytime. So uh, we'll continue with the show. So reviewing uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, it's the longest title in the world. This is essentially a sequel to Ghost Recon Wildlands, which I have suggested to you yeah. countless times. I've played it. I'm just still really bad at playing a shooter game on PC, so I couldn't really get in the vibe of it. Okay. I think if I if I played it on the Xbox, I'd, yeah. I'd probably would have played through it all. Uh, it, yeah, it takes a bit to get used to PC. PC is more accurate yeah. because you have the mouse, but still, yeah, it takes a bit to get used to it. Yeah. Uh, to me, Wildlands was a fantastic game. It's one of the few games I actually replay. Mm. And uh, the reason I liked it so much is it was kind of a remake of Mercenaries. You remember Mercenaries oh, back yeah. in the day, right? I loved Mercenaries. My God. So the point of of Wildlands is, and you know, it's it's actually what they broke about the new game is they're like here's a deck that we we call it the deck of card system because that's what was called the mercenaries but um here's your targets which branches out to four generals essentially and each general has like five guys and as you kill the five guys the generals are easy to kill and once you kill the four generals the main guys easier to kill yeah that's the whole point of all lands like that's the entire game Mm -hmm. you have maybe five minutes of prep time you get this this person you're working with the whole time and then they send you out and you just go do your thing each zone scales up and stuff like that so you can chant it and go higher up and get a better gun and come back. Whatever you want to do. The game lets you be in charge. Mm-hmm. Breakpoint, the sequel to this game, they were like, well, let's figure out what we can do to fix this and they broke it. They make it to where now it's much more story driven. There's a whole story mm-hmm. to this thing. Yeah, it's the same. So it almost feels like it's a lighter division and not a heavier Wildlands. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are familiar with Division, that's their MMO attempt 
uh, the shooter MMO, and uh, it's laden with systems. So you have like a complex map system, a complex talent system. Exhausting stuff. All that kind of stuff came to yeah. Breakpoint. So it, it kind of slowed things down for you. It takes about three hours of gameplay before you really get in the groove of things. Yeah. That's I don't, nuts. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you if you played, was it Wildlands, you played it for the the freedom that you had in the game. The shooter, there's yeah. open map, go out and you know your targets, take them out. I hate when they, they overlay it with so much, um, what do you call it? Like the, the videos that come up, the... Cinematics. Cinematics, yeah. yeah. Where you don't really they keep have, you on rails. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to stop and okay, you have to get to this destination before you can continue, and then it plays another cinematic, and then you have to get to that destination, shoot these guys, and then it'll do another cinematic. No, I'll watch the movie. Like, yeah, if that's what it is. There's some games, yeah, where you really like that, like um, the Walking Dead one was uh, Telltale, Telltale games. Telltale games, yeah. But that's you buy that game knowing that's what you're that's buying. That's what it's for. Yeah, if you buy Call of Duty, you want a full off the rails. Get to the destination, kill the target, and move on. So much like Far Cry, uh, Wildlands, the way it worked is uh, you have these you know, targets that are out in these basically fortresses and bases. Yeah. And you could choose how you, you penetrate the base. So uh, the first trailer for Wildlands, the reason me and Daniel were like, we have to own that game, is it showed these like three different ways where you can like, snipe everybody from a distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be stealth and sneak in and kill everybody without anybody seeing you. Nice. Or you can just go rock and roll assault rifles and just start killing people as you go in. Uh, and it depends on whatever mood you're in, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and that's kind of how wild, that's how uh, Mercenaries was as well. And it was really just a really good game. So in Breakpoint, they do eventually get to the point where you can kind of open up like that. But it takes a while to get there. So I'm going to go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over my pros and cons. Uh, and we're going to go piece by piece. Uh, gameplay wise, the it's this takes place in like this fictional island that's like this oasis for scientists. Uh, now taken over by an old ghost member, so like an elite soldier, and uh, <clears throat> so you're so you're taking over this like basically this future tech island is essentially it. So mm-hmm. uh, the old one was I think in Bolivia, and it was kind of a real world thing, which is one of my complaints later on as we go on. Is uh, like if Stark Tower was an island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then and then yeah, some some like and then Deathstroke took over wrong DC, nice. but yeah. There you go. So that's basically what happened. Boy, that, that kind of nailed it. <laughs> Uh, this one big problem with this is it's laden with uh, uh, microtransactions. I'm using laden too much, but with a lot of my microtransactions, um, it's to the point where you can actually buy a better gun with money, which is the pinnacle yeah. of screwing up microtransactions. Microtransactions should make it more appealing to the individual, but never affect the actual skill yeah. or ability in the game, the gameplay. In a single player game, so this is not for multiplayer. Multiplayer game, you have to kind of still keep it within the realm. But in a single player game, yeah. if I pay two dollars to look like Santa Claus out there, that's tight. That's fine. Yeah. But if all of a sudden Santa Claus is shooting a more powerful gun, that's a problem. That's a problem. Now, if it's a multiplayer game, I understand that you should still keep it within the realm of reality because then me seeing a Santa Claus takes me out of my game. So there's that. Yeah. That's an argument that can be had. Yeah. Right. So uh, they have addressed some of the microtransaction issues. But they're still in there, and they're very heavy with them. You do have an in-game currency. You have a it's just the normal stuff you guys already know about. Uh, you do get that in-game currency very easily, which I used right away. And then there's UPlay points, which is a whole other currency. But I had those left over from other UPlay games, which is too many of them to be honest with you. Um, so I was able to buy an upgraded gun right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> so I'm guilty of this as well. Let's go over some of the pros. 
looting is super easy. So when you shoot somebody, like it'll have like, say they go down, it'll have like a little white icon showing that, oh, they have ammo on them and oh, maybe they have some gear. Yeah. So as soon as you walk over the body, you just automatically pick it up. It even That's shows like a little animation of you bending down and picking it up. But you don't like stop, your, your stride is still the same. Mm -hmm. So it's very fast. I really liked that. But it shows, it stops for an animation, right? Well, it's just kind of like you like leaned over, grabbed it while you're walking. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like clean. They did yeah. a really good job. Uh, it has a new class system, which uh, a big part of Wildlands was you could team up with your friends and play, or you could just use a squad that's in-game. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times, like, when we're having fun, we team up together, but then if it's like a hard mission, we're like, all right, guys, do your own mission. Go away. Because the <laughs> I need, squad in-game is accurate. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Daniel keeps missing his shots. <laughs> and I was like, I'm learning everybody in the base. There can only be one rookie in my team, and it's got to be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys are really better at reviving, and these guys are on top of it. Uh, so uh, they have these new class systems where, you know, it's your central classes you see and everything else, tank, healer, whatever. And um, and they did a good job with that to where it encourages more team play because if I'm going to go out there and be like the beefy guy yeah. and I have friends that are playing, I'm like, hey, why don't you be the healer so we kind of work together well? Mm -hmm. I always kind of like when they do that. It yeah. really helps out a lot. Um, on that note, there is a class that I'm a marksman of mine. And then you can kind of go into the drone tech. The drones were one of the things that made Wildland really unique. Uh, it, you could use your drone to scout the base before you go in and you could level up your drone. It became basically cheating where you could blow up your drone and make an explosion. So mm. think of it this way where like, oh, your job is to penetrate that base and kill this one guy. Okay, I'll just stand on the ridge nearby, fly my drone in, which I have, I've leveled up to where it has endless battery and endless range almost, mm. go into that guy's living room and detonate. <laughs> and then I just won that level. So they did take out that explosion thing. But mm. so when you would do that, what would happen after you detonate or is the mission over and you won? Mission complete. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And leave the zone. You have to leave the zone to be safe, but you did it from outside the zone, so you're, you're okay. Yeah. So I, w I would make it so that, um, I mean, to, to tweak it to make that more accurate or more balanced, uh, that you're vulnerable. You, you're you using, you know, a screen or VR or whatever you are, to operate yeah. your drone. So during that time, you should be way more vulnerable to attacks from anybody who's like a, like, like two shots and you're dead kind of thing? Yeah. Because you're you're out, there has been times you have to cancel the drone real quick because I have people coming in. Yeah. And, th and then afterward, I mean, people people are seeing your drone enter their camp. Yeah. They, they're, you know, trying to find it, but at the same time... Yeah, you have to be careful how close you get to people with your drone because it'll work them. Yeah. There should be other people, like, scouting, like, okay, we know there's a drone here. Where's that guy? What ridge is he standing on? Yeah. Trying to find you personally. So there should be, like, as soon as your drone detonates... There's people on you. You're, That's one of my big complaints we'll get to is yeah. is is how they've changed how it feels to play. It should be Grand Theft Auto at least four stars, if not five stars, as soon as you detonate. So that And there are times that it's that way in Wildlands as well. Oh, okay. One thing was fun with the drone is so there's this thing where like you're working with rebels in Wildlands and you yeah. kinda are breakpoint as well. Um and so anytime you can like get medical supplies for them or anything like that'd be great. So the bad guys, this drug drug kingpin and his his whole cartel in Bolivia, they'll have like this ambulance. It was a bug that was hilarious. They'd have like this ambulance and then with two gunners in front of it. And a lot of times there would be a, a helicopter, a gunning helicopter above them. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you take those those guards out and then steal the the supplies out of the <laughs> out of the ambulance. Mm -hmm. So the easy way to do it is take your drone, kind of prep yourself up, take the drone, fly up next to the them, detonate, especially if you get the first one, detonate, you destroy three of the vehicles, take out the you can get a certain sniper rifle, which I could tell you exactly where to pick it up in Wildlands. Yeah. One shot at a helicopter blows it out of the sky. The sniper rifle. So you kind of learn all these stuff. And then what's funny is like, 
you're supposed to steal the medical supplies off this ambulance. It's yeah. charred. It's just the frame. But you go up to it and you press E and you're like, all right, I got the sweet. I got the flu shots. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to worry about keeping it alive. You just like. You, you could destroy it. Yeah, rain fire. <laughs> Let me grab it could be a collapsed building on top of it. Hit E and you get the mats. <laughs> yeah. So it was a bug, but it made the game fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they fixed all the bugs and <laughs> I'm not happy about it. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Some of the other stuff. Uh, it has very tight. We'll go over the pros. We keep getting into the sidetrack stuff. <laughs> Uh, I really liked Wildlands. So the shooting is very tight, which is normal for Tom Clancy game, Tom Clancy games. I honestly think it's the best shooting in any of the game, any mm-hmm. shooters. Uh, they feel very impactful. All your shots, you, the sound effect of a bullet going into somebody when you're shooting actually feels like you can feel the bullet sinking into them. Yeah, uh, they do a very good job about that. And then, like with Tom Clancy games, if you shoot somebody in the head other than Division, Division can be shaky. But um, if you shoot somebody in the head, then that's they're dead. Yeah. And then, so a lot of times with, with Wildlands and this game, with Breakpoint, you're going around and you're just like, pop, pop. You shoot one in the chest they, and then you shoot him in the head. Or you shoot him in the head and then you make sure to put one on, you know. So you're just two-shotting everybody. You're double-tapping everybody. Yeah. And it feels like you're, it gives you that, per, that, that, that mix of this is real and I'm a badass. So if you only shoot them in the chest, there's a chance they survive? Well, they'll be on the ground reeling or they'll, they'll like stumble and then they'll yeah. kind of get a couple more shots off. Okay. So yeah, it doesn't like it's not like it takes them all the way out, but the head does definitely takes them all the way out. Does it vary? Unless they're wearing ba- a helmet. Does it vary pretty accurately based on where you shoot them? Very much so. Okay. If you shoot them in the shoulder, he can keep coming at you. Oh yeah. Okay. And if you shoot them in the legs, they're down. Okay. That's it's very accurate. And what's nice is like I like to go sniper mode, so I like to sit on a ridge somewhere else, use my drone to kind of to spot Scope everybody because then it puts like marker on everybody, so I know where everybody's at because yeah. I just checked them out the drone. And then I like to sit there and just like pop. And what's cool is like if you shoot the right guy. Somebody will hear a noise, they'll come over, check out, and then they'll be like, oh, high alert, because we found a dead body. But yeah. then I'll be like, they'll come by to help them out, and like, pop, 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 pop. So you yeah. can kind of like plan your attack. Yeah. And then I walk in stealthily and just kind of like finish off anybody who still happens to be alive. Mm. That's how I like to approach the thing. Um, I have some friends that were just like, yeah, just get a big machine gun, you're good. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but that's, I don't know, you can play how you want, you yeah, know. kick down the doors and go in as a tank. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, it, very tight shooting, and it, it just feels so rewarding when you, when you take your time. Uh, again, normal. So uh, one big thing I really liked about this is it has two ways of playing, guided mode and exploration mode. So essentially, as you're playing the storyline, um, in the old game, it would tell you like, oh, these are if you get these four things, and then it'll unlock the big boss you can get for the zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they call them evidence, but basically they'll collect this one thing while you're in the middle of a base. Uh, you do that, and then the big zone unlocks, and it was very simplified. In this one, you could do guided mode, which it does that too, puts the markers on your map, or you could do exploration mode where you have to actually like look up clues like you have to find papers. Mm. The paper will say like, oh, he's in Javier's house. And then you have to go to Javier's house. And like, yeah. you have to actually like find your way through it. It's very, very cool. It makes it harder. Yeah. You actually Which, have to look around the room to find a clue. Yeah. I think for my second play, I would probably do it that way. Mm. Just kind of try it out. My first play, I was just like, I need to, you know. Would feel a lot more like an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. You could really extend the life of this game. Which Wildlands, again, also very extended life. They did a really good job with that. Uh, the stories connect you to the characters around you more. In the last one, there were characters you knew about, but you really didn't care too much about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just weren't there. There were some conversation choices in Breakpoint, which is really cool. I always like when a game does that because it makes the game more, it makes you more attached to your character, which is Nomad in this one. Um, you do use the clues to solve investigations, uh, and it's a little bit more defined, which this is also a negative for me later on. But um, before it was kind of like just points on a map you're going to. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it makes sense where you're like, okay, I got clues that from these clues, I found out this piece of evidence, this piece of evidence tells me that I have to go for Mike at this place. Mm-hmm. Like it actually kind of makes sense of how a person would approach the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
one really cool thing. So Intel in the old game was just papers on pa- on desks or something like that. Yeah. Now, and there were special moments where you had to capture somebody. Now, while you're fighting through a base, you'll see some guys with a little I, like a letter I over their heads. Yeah. If Intel. instead of killing that guy, you can go up to him or you can like just knock him. You can go up to him and capture him, bring him somewhere quiet and ask him questions and get Intel out of him. And he'll tell you where like the nearest guns are at and stuff like that. Nice. That's kind of a nice addition. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the fact there's two different kinds of missions. There's main missions and faction missions. So they kind of they added a whole another level of missions, and it it does play well. At first, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, but it plays well. And then the last thing is they added a PvP system, and they added raids once you get to 150 gear score. So there is a whole back end of this game that that I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, that's pretty cool. Now for the cons. All right, uh, the map system is overly. A lot of these cons are they trying to make it too much like Division. So the map system's overly complex. They try to make it like too fancy, and mm-hmm. all you do is bog down the game when I have to go through all your buttons to find what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, much of the inventory layout and stuff like that, again, is more complex and is much more like Division, which for Division is fine because it's an MMO. You're meant to take a long time choosing your gear. Yeah. I just want the gun with the green arrow up or the red arrow down. You know, that's all I need. Just go fast. Uh, but yeah. Uh, the the story, while more dramatic in the fact that it keeps me into it, it also slows things down a lot. I'll spend time flying from one point to another or driving from one point to another just to watch another cutscene, and I feel like I should have broken into this base or I should have done something. Like, give me the freedom to go out there and just wreak havoc like I want to. Uh, <clears throat> in your HQ, both games had kind of this HQ. The other game was actually much smaller. But in your HQ, other actual players are in there, which is a division thing. Mm-hmm. So if you guys think about in division, you have these... HQs like the post office in the first division. Uh, there's players walking around. That exact thing is going on a while in, in Breakpoint, and it takes you out of it because it's like, okay, if my friends are here, then they're loading up with me, and I know I can team up with other people here, and that's cool, I guess. But it just feels like I don't. It changes the feel of the game. So, uh, for example, in the first game, I was an elite ghost member, one of four that landed in Bolivia. And we're going to make sure that we take out the kingpin and save this this country. It makes you feel like I'm against the odds, but I'm awesome. Yeah. In this one, first off, most of the island's on your side. Yeah. And you see a lot of other ghosts in this place with you. So you feel like, yeah, I'm just one of the guys on the side. Like, we're inevitably going to win this war. Yeah, more than many. We have so many on our side. Yeah. It just makes you feel like this isn't real. You're kind of pointless. Right, right. So it takes you out of it in a, in a lot of the ways there. It, it's just kind of a weird feeling. Uh, enemies are are more advanced in tech than you. So in the old one, you were the guy advanced because you had drone. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had tech, but it was like you have to destroy the generator so that the radar goes down so that you're able to fly or, you know, so you're able to fly out without getting shot at, basically. Yeah. So basically you're fighting against, I mean, that's like 70s and 80s tech. Yeah. And you had the drone, so that kind of made you feel like you're a little bit above them. This one there are police drones. So you're flying your drone in and there's like police drones that are watching four drones. Mm-hmm. You have, yeah, you have like robots, robot vehicle tank thing going around that takes a lot of ammo to take out. And it feels like, uh, I, I feel way weaker now. Yeah. I like the idea of me, I mean, I get, I get the point of them. It's, yeah. it's supposed to scale up because it is a sequel. It just doesn't feel as good. You don't feel like you have a technological edge anymore. Right. And it wasn't like I had a big one before, yeah. but now I have zero. Yeah. The one before was like, I have a drone, I'm able to spy on you guys, and they're like, hey, what is that? You know, like they get upset. You're in the wrong department now. You know who who behind the scenes, while you're out there doing the hands-on stuff, there's somebody at a computer just like right. trying to hack into their their drones or into their tank bots or whatever yeah. to uh, turn them against I feel each like other. That's the thing is before I was the old 007, now I feel like a modern 007, yeah. the one that's like 
Cusalent's actually the more important guy. Exactly. There's some guy out there developing a perfect virus to destroy them. Yeah. The last game took place in Bolivia and actually dealt with a cartel and has <clears throat> real, real problems of drug problems. Mm -hmm. This one is basically the idea of like um, the guy that made Tesla. What's his name? Oh, God. There's like this super arrogant tech guy that created an island for all of his tech friends to come to and create stuff together. And then a ghost took over. And so the island's fictional. The world's fictional. Everything's fictional in this world when r the first game actually took place in a real scenario. Yeah. Like something that could easily happen. We should keep bringing up real scenarios until we fix them. <laughs> well, I mean, it just kind of it grounds you into the game and makes things more real. Yeah. This one didn't have that. Uh, let's see the last little, oh, my last little complaint. I'll say this one's last. Um, well, okay. One of two. First one is the card system is really com uh, complex and almost clunky mm -hmm. to where you don't have full freedom. It actually kind of guides you through the card system, which is like, why have that system then? Yeah. So dumb. And then the last thing is, so the, bad, the main bad guy, the other ghost that's actually turned bad, mm -hmm. he's played by the guys on Punisher. He's Punisher. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. A very good actor. Yeah. Because they paid for him, yeah. the fidelity of his face is higher than everybody else in the room. Oh, God. So he's like later Xbox One, and everybody else in the room is like early Xbox One. Yeah. And so you're like, wait a minute, this looks so terrible when that guy's better graphics than everybody else because you paid for his face. Everybody else's computer-generated like, faces. What's up with a human talking to a bunch of PCs? <laughs> it was so bad. That's weird. Uh, so uh, last bit for this, guys, I would say um, my grade on this I am having fun and it's a very good shooter. So if you never played Wildlands, I'd say go pick this game out. It's it's a real fun one. Mm -hmm. It's a very good shooter if you're a shooter fan. If you're a Division fan, go pick this game up. It's like Division, but it's, it lets you do a little bit more. So it's actually like a freeing version of Division. If you don't like shooters, what kind of gamer are you that will buy this? Uh no, you gotta get you gotta be a shooter. Okay. <laughs> fan. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely, I mean, this is the this to me is like the tightest shooting game out yeah. there. So you gotta play it if you're a shooter fan. Uh now. If you're a Wildlands fan, wait for this to be on sale. Okay. Don't buy this brand new. Please don't do that. Wait for it to be 30 bucks, 20 yeah, bucks. You'll be disappointed. Yeah. And then go into it. And again, it's fun, but it's definitely, I mean, I, I honestly, while I'm playing it, I'm just thinking like, I really want to play Wildlands again. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just give me that freedom. Why is Mercenaries 4 not happening or 3 not happening? Beat should be on 6 by now. Right. That's such a good series. But yeah, so that's it, guys. I would give it probably, I would give it a solid C, 75, 74, maybe even. Yeah. I wasn't overly excited about it. But right. Right. A lot of hype, but nothing great afterwards. Hmm. If they were to make a sequel, what should they do different? Let you just do your own thing. I I'm telling you, you land, and in, and in five minutes, I want to hear, like, these are, uh, we have to get rid of this kingpin, see what you can do out there, make a mess, mm -hmm. and just and let me go do let it. Let you unleash you, yeah. Unleash me, yeah. Because yeah. every so often, like, in the process, but it was so native in the in the old game mm -hmm. where like you were like, man, this feels like, yeah, okay, I scaled up. I got to go get this guy out of his house. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it would be like, you have to capture that guy while he's driving away in his car. So it was a little bit more Grand Theft Auto-y yeah. in that sense. Um, but then it still felt okay. It yeah. was, you know, I don't know. This one just feels very forced. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about Arrowverse and uh, doing a recap on that. Yes. All right, John, I know you're really excited for Arrowverse coming back. Yep. Yeah. It's my favorite. This is the last season of Arrow and the first season of Batwoman, so I feel like it's a really good time for people to jump in if they haven't checked the show out before. I want to give a couple of disclaimers of what's going on here, okay? First of all, there's a lot of teen drama in these. Of course. Okay. I, I joke around that these are soap operas with superheroes, okay? It's like Twilight in the uh, Superman world, in the DC world. Yeah. Uh, these reviews are going to go up really quick over some broad points, so we're going to be cutting out a lot of the he Romances. said, she said romance stuff. Good. Yeah. 
because you don't need it, to be honest with you. It's mm-hmm. all good stuff. And then the big positive thing I want to say about all these is if you are not a comic book reader, mm-hmm. I'm saying like Batman issue 748 kind of comic book reader. Yeah. This, I think, is the best example of what comic books are like. They're very long stories mm-hmm. where every issue has a new in and out story and there's an overarching story. And, you know, if you jump into the middle of them, you'll be lost on some of the story, but you'll catch some of it. Mm-hmm. These feel like actual comic book stories in that sense of what it's like to be a few hundred issues in on a comic book. That's what these shows feel like to me. Gotcha. Okay. So <clears throat> we're going to start off with Arrow. And the idea is we're going to give you a recap of the show and then leave you so where you're able to watch episode one of season eight of Arrow or all this, all these we're going to go over and be pretty much caught up. Okay. It's going to be a lot of talking from my point. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, that should be fun. We <laughs> get another drink. Okay, so uh, we're going season one of Arrow, and it starts off with Oliver Queen, who yeah. is Arrow. Main guy. Main guy. Uh, he returns to Starling City and is reunited with his family and friends. He was on, uh, I think it's called Lian Yu, this island, where mm-hmm. his, like him and his dad were on a boat, and Sarah, that's a whole other thing, Sarah Lance, a uh, boat that sinks <laughs> again. Already getting into teen drama. Second, ep- second sentence, we're already into team drama. Yeah. Uh, anyways, boat sinks and they end up on this island. Uh, the dead dies before they get to the island. But anyways, so he's back from there. Uh, at night, he hunts down people and he's this vigilante called The Hood and he actually kills people in season one. So nice. it's kind of a biggie. Cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. <laughs> he uncovers that Malcolm Merlin um, has this conspiracy. He's a family friend. Uh, uh, you know, He has this conspiracy to destroy the glades, which is like the bad part of town where mm-hmm. a lot of crime happens. The Bronx. Well, I don't, we don't know if the Bronx is bad. You're just assuming. Mm. I don't want... If you're a Bronx listener, I'm not agreeing with that. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Destroying the bad side of town. Yeah. So Gotham. the idea is like, oh, well, if you get a bird of the bad side of town, then the rest of the town's going to be good, right? Oh, Stockton. There's no good side of Stockton. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. We live in that area. So fair, that's fair. Okay. Uh, and then we also have John Diggle and Felicity Smoke that joins the team. Uh, John Diggle was his bodyguard and is one of my favorite characters of the whole series. And Felicity Smoke was like this hacker tech support girl that worked in uh queen in his company that mm-hmm. he like recruited because he needed some information they end up joining the team we also get sarah lance oh sorry i uh, know we get laura lance um who was his ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and they broke up and real dick move on his part he took his her sister out on that boat mm-hmm. and they were you know fooling around so her sister died mm-hmm. on that boat Mm. and yeah that's all kinds of drama that's there up. right take her out for some brown chicken brown cow and then she dies exactly and then one of my favorite characters is office officer quentin uh uh lance who is laurel and uh sarah's dad mm. and he's an officer who eventually gets promoted throughout the way and he's one of my favorite characters he has really good alcohol uh, alcoholic arc and it's amazing we won't get into the drama stuff anyway so um during this season so uh for the first five seasons we have flashbacks to five years ago mm-hmm. that show what he's doing at the time so during the season we get flashbacks to him on Lee and you and uh at that time he's he's trying to stop these mercenaries essentially so he's just doing this thing and he's kind of slowly becoming that uh, at the end uh oliver stops merlin but uh his friend dies his best friend dies which was i think merlin's son at the time so mm-hmm. there's that okay season two uh he uses the arrow as his name now and he doesn't kill he he stopped Merlin, but now there's a new villain in town, Slade Wilson, which I think might be his best villain. Why doesn't he kill anymore? 
Uh, I think it was to honor his friend or some garbage. Uh, so he does have like a, he does he does actually make a choice like a yeah because in the first season dilemma. he has a list that his dad had put together of like people who are screwing the city over. Gotcha. And so he went around and just like start crossing names off that list. Oh, so he finished his list. Yeah. He got done with his chores. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like all okay. right now I'm just gonna shoot arrows in hands now. Gotcha. I'll I mean be he nice. still is punishing people yeah. <laughs> big time. So uh, Slade Wilson now attacks. Now Slade Wilson was on the island with him before. Mm-hmm. And if you guys think that that name is familiar, it's because he has Deathstroke, mm-hmm. and he is played so freaking well i really wish they brought him into the actual movies he's really good um roy harper joins the team he's his new sidekick he's basically robin he's red arrow mm-hmm. and uh and then sarah lance comes back she's actually live this whole time and she's the black canary which is another villain or superhero that uses like screaming as like a force push yeah um, that was a really good season because it brought in deathstroke i mean it was it was really good season three we get ray palmer comes in and he ends up buying queen uh consolidated which is the company and uh, turns it into Palmer Tech and makes Felicity Smoke the new VP. So there's like this little, because the whole time like you're like with Oliver and uh, Felicity you think they should get together. This is the new guy in town. Ray Palmer's played by Brandon Roth, who is the old from you remember Superman Returns the movie? Yeah. Okay, that's him. Uh-huh. So he's a really cool actor. I really like him. Uh, follow his Twitter feed. He's got a really good Twitter account. Uh, Oliver gets up mixed in with Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a big mess right there. And Talia al Ghul too. And then Thea is dealing with the fact that Malcolm, come to find out Malcolm Merlin was her dad. So there's that whole thing. And there's like this like lust for blood that she, oh, that's later on. Never mind, I don't want to say anything. Um, <laughs> that's later on. No spoilers on that. And then uh, Laurel tries to become the new Black Canary. And uh, in flashbacks, we see that Oliver at this time, uh, five years ago, was working with Argus uh, in Hong Kong, which is basically S.H.I.E.L.D. And this whole time his family thinks he's dead during those five, five year flashbacks. So, uh, but he, he was working with Argus. Uh, okay, so... Uh, one thing I want to make sure to get in there too, I forgot about is the way you got to think of this Arrowverse is mm-hmm. you got to think they couldn't afford Batman and Superman, yeah. right? These are just arrows. So arrows analog is Batman. And so a lot of times you get villains and stuff like that, that are Batman villains, mm-hmm. like Ra's al Ghul, which yeah. is an arrow villain too. But think of the show's mode or mood and like that is Batman flash. You get a lot of Superman kind of things where they're like, big fights with meta humans, you know, and it's like, yeah. it's, it's over the top stuff, more space kind of stuff, real bright colors. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, ba- that's Superman stuff. Those so that's kind of gives you a vibe. back alley in the streets kind of stuff. Right. One's, one's gritty, one's Gothamy, one's Metropolisy. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's the, how you got to look at these two shows. Uh, season four, Oliver and Felicity are trying to live their own, their like life in a small town. They get together and it's all great. Mm-hmm. Terrorist group known as the hive comes to star city and brings them back. Uh, led by Damien Dark, which is another fantastic villain. The villains in this show is really good. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, Damien Dark is played by the blonde guy from Walking Tall with The Rock. Oh, yeah. The bad guy? Yeah, that yeah. owns a casino? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He's like a bad guy He's a good for a lot bag. of these. Yeah. yeah. After this, he joins uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow as the bad guy for them. So it's really good. Nice. Uh, Thea now becomes Speedy, which is like the new Red Arrow. She becomes the new Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver finds out that he has a son from a past relationship and then Laurel spoiler for spoiler alerts okay really Laurel dies in a fight with Damien oh good <laughs> and it was so sad <laughs> okay uh, again I said we're going real fast guys so we're going to try to skip all the big stuff or the small stuff uh, season 5 uh, Oliver uh, expands Team Arrow and uh, gets a new Black Canary in there because remember Laurel was the last Black Canary mm-hmm. uh, Wild Dog and Mr. Terrific all really good additions to the show actually Prometheus is his new villain, and uh, he also gets Black Siren, which is like peak soap opera. Black Siren is Earth 2's version 
of Laurel. So it is the same actor that played Laurel, (laughs) but it's her evil clone. Let's just go ahead and pluck her from the parallel universe. (laughs) (laughs) We miss her, and she's kind of just bored sitting backstage, so... We're going to slightly shift her name and bring her back. <laughs> so Black Siren's in. Uh, yeah. And so she's in there. And then uh, let's see. Where are we at here? We'll see the five. Oh, oh, yeah. And then the flashbacks are all of Oliver's time with the Russian mob, which was probably my favorite of the flashbacks because mm. it it leads right up to. So the flashbacks lead right into the first step, first season because mm-hmm. it's five years ago. So this is season five. Uh, season six, Oliver is now mayor, father, and still trying to do the vigilante thing. Uh, the group of villains he's he's got this time is uh, it includes hive the hive hacker like the leader for the hive, mm-hmm. um, this mob boss we'll get into him his name's Diaz, and then the Russian mob uh, boss that he used to work with and then Black Siren, uh, Diaz ends up killing the mob boss ends up killing the hacker guy and taking over the group, then the mob boss takes over the city and Oliver reveals his identity uh, in an deal with the FBI to kind of like stay out of prison and keep this keep people happy. Uh, that was a real fast one. <laughs> I know I didn't like that season at all. Um, it was too much of the mob boss Diaz. He was garbage. which season five? That was season six. Oh, okay. So we have one more season of Arrow, guys, and then you guys are all caught up on Arrow. And you guys are ready to go right into season eight. Nice. So uh, Diaz is uh, he puts together these three villains to hunt down Team Arrow. It's uh, uh, I haven't misspelled here. It's Kodak, uh, Silencer, and Red Dart. Oliver is released after five months of prison, and he takes down Diaz in the process. Team Arrow is now uh, deputized and they're like official. And then uh, Amiko Queen, which is like a half sister that he didn't know about, mm-hmm. uh, becomes the new Green Arrow. And then you find out that she's actually a leader of the Ninth uh, Circle, which is a terrorist group that's trying to like discredit all of Arrow, Arrow's past work. Um, and all the flashes are actually flash forwards in this one to when Oliver's son and Roy Harper are working together. And so that's really freaking cool. So you guys can check out season eight uh, premiere on October 15th, which should be tomorrow for this recording. And uh, that's, I really like that show. That's good. Okay. The next one is kind of bulky. So these, this one's, this one obviously was bulky. Next one's flash also bulky, but then they're like real short ones. All right. Shifting gears. I'm talking about the flash. I knew it was going to be a lot of talking. All right. Right. Flash, again, think of a Superman analog. We start off with Barry Allen. He's a CSI member. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets super C- uh, speed after an explosion at Star Labs, which is where the main set is Star Labs for this whole show. Nice. Uh, out of this explosion, we actually get a lot of metahumans, some of them good, some of them bad. Uh, Flash helps Star Labs fight crime and also hel- uh, helped by Harrison Wells, Cisco, and Caitlin. Now, Harrison Wells, I really like that character. He's really, really cool. Um, I almost, I think I'm going to spoil it. So in the first season, he's actually in a wheelchair now, I think was from the explosion mm-hmm. actually. Um, he's super, really role acted and very well done. Cisco's a likable character. So is Caitlin. Uh, Barry's dad is in prison for killing his mom mm-hmm. because when they were, when he was a kid and then, um, he's raised by, uh, his dad's friend, Joe West and Joe West's daughter and Joe West is like a detective. Joe West's daughter, Iris is who he likes. Like that's, you know, his main yeah. squeeze. And uh, he ends up hunting down his real mom's killer, uh, Eobard Thon, which is a, it's complicated. I'm not going to explain too much, but basically he's a future evil Flash. He's trying to find his mom's killer to free his dad. Right. To prove his dad's innocent. Right. I got you. And then we find out that, oh, I love this first season reveal. <laughs> Harrison Wells in the wheelchair the whole time was Eobard Thon in disguise. Dang. Yeah. And needed the Flash Flockless. because if Flash wasn't around, he couldn't be around later on in the future to come back and do everything. Nice. Yeah, it's a mess. It's wonderful. Okay, season two, real fast. Zune comes back, uh, comes out uh, from another dimension, and he's trying to kill all speedsters. 
he ends up killing uh, Barry's dad, who ends up getting free out of prison for like two episodes. Poor guy. And then, uh, uh, is, uh, Wait, his dad was a speedster? No. Oh, well, okay. a different version of uh, an Earth like three or whatever he is, but yeah. Okay. So, um, and then Flash goes back in time to save his mom at the end of that. So yeah, you know, beats Zoom and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Season three, uh, Flash creates Flashpoint, which is the best Flash story ever, and the show didn't do it well, but it is. I'm going to be reviewing that at some point too. Uh, and he creates this for after he saves his mom. So the idea is you save your mom, but then you change the, whole, the timeline so much that it, nothing's right. And like Iris doesn't like you and stuff like that. Yeah. So think about it. If he saves his mom, then he doesn't grow up with Iris. Yeah. And at this point, him and Iris are about to get married. You're right. Yeah. So um, he eventually saves the timeline, but then we see that Savitar shows up. Uh, Barry sees a Savitar in the future, ends up killing Iris. And because uh, he accidentally goes too far in the future, sees that Savitar kills Iris, then comes back to his time. And then uh, after killing Savitar, Barry joins the Speed Force as a, like a repent for for the um, Flashpoint problem. Mm-hmm. This was a really cool episode or a really cool season. And I'll break down who Savitar is real quick. Spoiler warning on this: Savitar is a future Flash that lost all hope. Mm-hmm. So then he comes back to like just seek revenge for everything. Sounds like Flash, though he has uh, this time control kind of thing yeah. or uh travel time travel has really bad control that's what it is over his time travel and he over these seasons he learns to like not touch time and then yeah. other people do and he has to like stop them mm. there's one part i really liked it where uh i think it might have been this season actually no it was the season before this maybe where he goes back in time and makes a loop so they so where he could pull this extra barrier that happens when you make a loop to help him fight the next guy hmm. so there's like two berries fighting because one of them was from when he made a loop and he took that guy out. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. It's crazy. So it's it's a good show. Uh, let's see. Season three, season four, uh, Barry is brought back from the Speed Force. So yeah, the Speed Force is kind of like this speed god. It's a whole thing. I don't have to go into it. It's like Speed Heaven. And so he goes to Speed Heaven to basically repent for creating Flashpoint messing up the timeline. Is it like the um, Council of Ricks? Not. Nah. No. It, it, it's hard to explain, but I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly okay. say it's like speed heaven. Okay. Speed heaven. <laughs> yeah. In the process of bringing him back, they end up creating this uh, like black matter or dark matter that ends up making a bunch of metas on his bus. Uh, Clifford DeVoe is he's the thinker, the villain, the thinker, one of Flash's main villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up like farming the abilities from all these new humans that were just created to like create himself a superhuman. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's see what else happens. Uh, oh yeah, and they end up defeating DeVoe, which was a really good villain too because he like. He basically played games in the way that like he would set it up to where Barry thought he was beating him and like captured him halfway through. Yeah. But then he was like, yeah, but that's on camera. Mysterio from Spider-Man. Yeah. That finale, he does that kind of thing to him like throughout uh, the whole thing. Gotcha. It's really well done. Just yeah. keeping him on the lure pretty much the whole time. Exactly. Season five. So at the end of season four, uh, Nora West Allen shows up and she's actually his daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Iris and Barry's daughter from the future. So in season five, we have Nora the whole time. She's working with Team Flash. Their villain is Cicada, who is a very cool villain because he's actually like trying to save his adopted daughter's whole thing. Um, and in the t- in this process, they end up messing up the timeline, erasing Nora, his daughter. And from the very first season, like very first episode, there's this thing where uh, they know that there's just like this future. They have this future um, news article from when Harrison Wells was Eobarthom mm-hmm. that shows that like Flash disappears a certain year. Yeah. And they don't know what happens to him. So he's like, okay, we got to figure that at some point. After they mess up the timeline, they find out that that like moved up a lot. And so now they have to figure out what's going on with that. So that's kind of always been this crutch on the thing. Season six, season six, uh, starts, started October 8th. So you guys can get on that one. 
Uh, we got Supergirl next, Legends of Tomorrow after that, and then we'll go into Black Lightning. All these ones are pretty fast. Supergirl, easily the worst one. Really? <laughs> I hate it. I hate Supergirl. Hmm. Season one was on TBS. Uh, Kara becomes Supergirl, fights criminals uh, that were imprisoned by her mom because like they were like in the bad zone, whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Uh, for Superman. What is yeah, that called? I don't know. The, the bad zone? zone for Superman? No, it's like dead zone or something like that. Remember where they like imprison people in, into like another dimension? And they come back out later on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what that's called either, though. It's called. So anyways, they escape, and she's fighting them off. One of them is her aunt, Astra, who looks just like her mom. Mm. They had to save money on actors. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Her joke. mom's identical to it. <laughs> and so she's she's like leading this like villain thing. Mm. Uh, she's joined by her sister, uh, Alex Danvers. I really like that character. And the thing that saves this whole show, she's also joined by the Green Martian, John Johns. Mm. So... I didn't know they brought him into that. Yeah. I'm a little uh, upset. They didn't tell me. <laughs> Season two, they moved to CW, so the show changed gears a lot. Mm-hmm. They went to what CW does. The um, It became a lot more about the supporting characters as well, not just the superheroes. So you got like Team Supergirl. Yeah. Um, the uh, the big crux on this show in this season is that they're trying to help aliens that are, uh, that are on Earth and trying to live amongst humans. So they're trying to like defend aliens and stuff like that. The, villain, the villains here is Project Cadmus and uh, Lillian Luther, which is Lux, Lux's mom. Uh, and uh, Cara befriends Lena Luther, which is actually a really cool character as well. That's uh, Lex's sister. And then uh, a big thing on this one, love story-wise, Monel from Daxum shows up. And Monel, he's from... Okay, so Daxum is a planet that's next to Krypton. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me so much of Saga. Where you have like the moon and the and the earth where like in they're warring, war. but these two like each other. So they end yeah. up falling in love. Gotcha. And Daxon was like, while they had military or while they had like royalty and stuff like that, they were like looked at as like behind the times by the Kryptonians, which uh, were more sort of like much more like Senate and so you're thinking of like Athens and Sparta. Yeah. That's what I want to say right there. There you go. So he's from Sparta, she's from Athens. Yeah. But space. So uh There's like a Romeo and Juliet romance between them. Yeah. And eventually he disappears, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jimmy Olsen, which is just called James Olsen in this, uh, he becomes the Guardian, which is like their version of Captain America. He has a shield and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Is I, it a vibranium shield? No, it's dumb. I don't like Supergirl. Okay. <laughs> I watch it because it, they do tie-in episodes every season. Yeah. So you kind of got to keep up on Supergirl so you can see why she's dancing with Flash. That's literally something that happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, season three. She can't keep up. <laughs> That's why you're doing this. <laughs> Then we're 56 minutes in. Uh Monel, uh, he he had to leave in the last one, but he's back. And but he's back from like the future, actually, from like what would have been the future. And he's part of a group called the Legion, and he has a new girlfriend. Uh and then another thing is Kara has this friend, this new friend is like a mom or whatever. And we slowly see that she's actually from Krypton and she's this like bringer of apocalypse. And she's just as good at fighting as Supergirl, but she's bad. Mm-hmm. And so she's like this growing problem. It's a bad season. Season four. Uh, aliens are uh, like now hated by uh, society. It's kind of like the like mutants thing from X Men. Mm-hmm. The Children of Liberty is this group that's like against aliens. They're started by this one dude that had like all bad things happen to him from aliens. Uh, Kara Kara has a clone now, and it's called the Red Daughter. Uh, Lex Luthor is the one making this, and it's going to be like this thing that comes and fights Kara. So that we have that kind of thing going on. Nice. And then uh, Kara and Alex actually start to clash with the government because the whole time they're working with the government to yeah. protect aliens and Earth from aliens. Mm-hmm. But now they're clashing. Uh, you guys can catch season five. I started October 6th. Again, it's probably my least favorite of all of them. Yeah, their seasons yeah. or uh, shows. 
yeah, it, the first season wasn't terrible, but it is just, it's not very good. Uh, the last, yeah, okay, this is the last big one. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, this is actually a really fun one. I think you might actually enjoy this. Yeah. So the idea of Legends of Tomorrow, I'll just kind of fast forward a little bit on how this goes. So think of, you have to create your time traveler. This yeah. Rip Hunter's a time traveler, right? And the premise of the first season is, in the future, there's this guy that runs the world. His name's Savage, Randall Savage. And um, he kills your wife and your child. And you're a time traveler and you work for the Time Masters, which job is to maintain the timeline. Yeah. Well, you're like, screw that. Randall Savage needs to go down. Yeah. So you need to find a way to get a superhero team together strong enough to take out Randall Savage. So what he does is he goes back in time and he grabs all these side characters, well, a lot of the side characters mm -hmm. that are like, so he gets Black Canary, the first one, Sarah Lance. He mm -hmm. gets her. He gets uh, Palmer, which is uh, the guy that was uh, Superman Returns. He now is called Adam. He's basically uh, Ant-Man, the way he shrinks down. Mm -hmm. So he grabs a lot of these side characters to join him, the bad guys for Flash and stuff like that to join them. And the reason he grabs them is because while they're trying to do good in their current timelines, in the future, they're forgotten. Yeah. So they can't mess up the timeline because you guys never were You're successful. Nobody. Yeah. You're nobody. Flash was the hero. But if you want Arrow a reputation, if you want to be remembered, you need to come to the future and stop the, well, the big bad. Well, that's not even that. Like, if you guys want to do good, you guys are trying to do good, but you, yeah. we know that you nothing comes of it. Yeah. Come join us and protect timelines. Hmm. So then they, they jump around and... Uh, Does he have to destroy the time council or whatever before any of that happens? So... Let me explain. Okay. So he finds out that uh, the Time Masters, which is the Time Council, yeah, uh, they're actually working with Randall Savage. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah. That, <laughs> so, uh, what was the show that I I read the comics of, and then I watched the show? Oh, oh God, that was a good show. The Academy. Uh, yeah, Umbrella. Umbrella Academy. Academy. Yeah, it was the same kind of thing. It destroyed the the committee or whatever account or, or mm -hmm. team of people who are managing time. Yeah. Before you can go ahead and manipulate Fix time it. the way you need it. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. So they. Um, Captain Cold ends up dying in this one, which was one of the really, really good characters. Um, he ends up dying in this one per, to destroy the Time Masters and mm -hmm. free up everything and get rid of Randall Savage. Nice. So season one was really good and it kind of brings everybody in. Season two, uh, there's no more Time Masters. So the team is trying to protect time by themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, Rip is gone. So now Sarah Lance is like in charge of things. She's a very good captain. I really liked her as a captain. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Lance is now called White Canary. Um the villains in this one is the Legion of Doom, and it's led by Eobard Thawne, which is, of course, you remember him from the main villains from uh, Flash season one that we were talking oh, about, the yeah. one that secretly was Harrison Weld. Yeah. Damien Dark from Arrow, the one that was uh, the head killed. He, he, yeah, I'll just keep going. Malcolm <laughs> Malcolm Merlin from season one of Arrow. Uh -huh. They basically, and then also uh, Leonard Snark, which is Captain Cold, but a, a different timeline one that didn't become good with them that is still villainous. Gotcha. Evil yeah. one. Evil so Captain it's Cold. like all the best villains from the other shows are now teaming up just like all the good ones are um they're hunting for the spear of destiny from you know the bible uh to uh with that they could permanently change fate to where time can't change it mm. so they're like we could actually make it to where they can't mess with us and then uh and then yeah vixen and steel join the team there's the new superheroes that join the team and then season three time's all messed up from the events of the last season like there's dinosaurs in like in the middle of japan stuff like that's weird stuff um this whole time, Rip actually invented the Time Bureau, which is like a new version of the Time Masters. That nice. works just like Men in Black. They look like Men in Black, the Men in Black. I was thinking, of, what was the other, Black, the other movie too that was uh, uh, R.I.P.? Yeah, R.I.P.D. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like, I don't know. Like, like that, that, yeah. That's cool. So they're just protecting time. Um, and then Nora Dark, which is Damien's daughter, and uh, this, this demon, basically, Malice, resurrect Damien, and they work to like, 
So we know they know through time travel that at some point Arrow kills Damien. And we mm-hmm. know that because it was like two seasons ago and Arrow <laughs> killed Damien. Yeah. So now they're like, okay, we got to figure out a way to get past that part of history. We have to be able to change it to where Arrow doesn't end up killing Damien. Mm-hmm. So they're working on that. And then uh, in this process, Wally West, which is like the sidekick to Flash, joins the team. So now they have a Flash. Yeah. Uh, season four, the last season we had, uh, John Constantine joins the team. He's a badass, of course. Yeah. Um, there's also a constant show we won't go over because it was already canceled, but it was one season and it was fantastic and it follows the Hellraiser comics. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, they're hunting down magic-based villains uh, throughout time after defeating Malice. Um, and then Constantine's villain, uh, Neron, is the one that's actually like causing all these problems, so they're fighting Constantine's bad guys. Season five for this one doesn't start until January 2020. They're usually shorter, so like, all these other ones are 22 episodes per season. They're fat, fat seasons. Yeah. This one's usually like 10. Right. so they're shorter ones because they're they're like an all-star team uh last thing we're gonna really talk about is black lightning black lightning see it only has two seasons season one uh just to give you kind of a quick premise of the show because uh, i haven't watched these ones yet they're on my list but uh Jeff- uh jefferson pierce is this you know lightning controlling superhero he's retired now for nine years uh he comes out of retirement to, as a vigilante again to fight off the 100 um, that's season one, season two, basically the same thing. But this time he's also trying to fight off the corrupt government that's over Freeland, which is his like hometown. I might be really wrong, but doesn't Black Lightning come from Static Shock? I don't think so. I Maybe. See, I thought Static Shock becomes Black Lightning when he grows up. I don't know. Google that up, man. While uh, I'm doing that. I got one more thing to go. So I'm pretty sure that Daniel would just love that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'll tell him that. Uh, season three premiered on October 7th. Check that out, guys. I still got to catch up on this. So much of this stuff to watch. 22 episodes per season. How are you supposed to do it? Yeah, right. Batwoman, which is the season premiere, uh, the series premiere, I'm sorry, is uh, started October 6th. So you guys check that out. It's got Ruby Rose, I think is the name. She's awesome. <laughs> I'm a big mm. Ruby Rose fan. I'm wrong. I find a, 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 a review or whatever that says right away, Black Lightning is not an adult version of Static Shock. Okay. They have the similar powers. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I assume they were like tied together. Yeah, it's good with the powers. Uh, and then, uh, so that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, for news-wise, the only thing I really wanted to talk about is Disney's no longer allowing Netflix to advertise on any Disney station. So like ABC, stuff like that. I don't think everyone, anybody's going to notice. Yeah, because Netflix is kind of above that. Yeah. I mean, what what ads are on Netflix anyways? Or, or I mean, it's Netflix well, how, ads yeah. on ABC. Yeah. They don't advertise on... They have their own advertisement system and it's the front page of Netflix. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to care. Nobody's going to notice. Yeah. I mean, less Netflix original content is going to be pushed out there to the rest of the world, but... I mean, if you like Netflix content, you got Netflix already. Yeah. I don't think it's a big mess. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll... Maybe maybe it's Disney's attempt to kind of slow down Netflix and get more footing in Because the they got Disney Plus. Content. Yeah, yeah. starting up soon. I don't know. I don't think it's a big effect. I don't think it's a big deal. Maybe between them, maybe it's a big financial step or burden or something like that. But yeah. within marketing, I don't think it's going to make that much difference. I don't think Netflix needs you know, regular stations to yeah. advertise their stuff. I mean, I know Disney's huge, so that probably cuts them off from like a lot of screens. I don't know how, but... Yeah, uh, ABC know. owns Hulu now, so maybe that... Well, I mean, it's not like they're advertising through Hulu. Never mind. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Netflix Hulu. wouldn't advertise on Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, is that what is 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 uh is Disney partnered with Hulu? 
Disney owns, well, they owned one third. And then as time goes on, they own two thirds and now they own the whole thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're going to try to promote their own stuff. They're right. Disney plus and Hulu. Yeah. Rather than Netflix. They said they're going to keep Hulu around and use it for like the, a lot of the Fox shows that are like too mature. Yeah. So always sunny and stuff like that. We'll be on Hulu instead of on Disney plus, obviously. Yeah. Keep a separate time. They want to make it to where if you go on Disney plus, you can trust your kids. Just pick whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes That's sense. definitely good. Keep a yeah. separation. Uh, last bit of Disney news, actually, is they're rebooting Inspector Gadgets, the live action series. I heard or movie. I think maybe yeah, movie. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. I mean, I liked the first one. The second one was pretty crummy, but um, the first one that had what's his name uh, from Ferris Bueller's Day Yeah, Ferris Bueller. Gosh, uh, I can't remember his name. Baldwin or something or Bullock or nope. <laughs> Neither of those, but yeah, we all know Ferris Bueller. Anyway, yeah, Ferris Bueller. Uh, it was a good movie, so I mean, I hope they do it justice. I hope they do a good job. What actor do you think could do that role? It has to be kind of a wacky actor. What kind of a wacky actor? Yeah. Um. Man, I don't know. There's. I kind of think like Aziz Ansari would be pretty good. Yeah, he'd be funny. He's faded out right now, but I think he'll come I'm back. Trying to think of who's big in comedy right now. I can't name anybody off the top of my head, though. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anybody yet. Yeah, hopefully it does good. Uh, they're definitely in live-action fever right now. They're making a ton of these live-actions. I actually just want an Inspector Gadget. Bring back the yeah, animated Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be really good. So, I don't know. Yeah, just keep pumping out more content. I mean, we're loving it. So yeah. What have you been watching lately? Oh, actually... I got back into watching uh, the new season of Orange is the New Black, which I there was a couple controversial things that I didn't like, so I stopped watching it for a minute. But then yeah. I was like, you know, I need to give it another shot. I got, you know, it's it's a show. There's going to be good things and bad things, and of course. whatnot. And the world's messed up, so of course, there's, they're talking about the messed up topics of the world. Um, but I watched it and I liked it. it by the end of the series, it, it you know got off bad topics or whatever and straightened out, and it's good. So it's hard when a show kind of bogs down with too much of the political stuff. You're just like, I just want to escape that. Yeah. Right now. And I, um, I didn't pay enough attention to the final episode, but finally I did rewatch the final episode and, uh, it was really good. I didn't realize now that I seen it, I, it must be the end of the series altogether. Yeah. The season. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, cause they really like kind of just laid that, the end of the last episode out as a goodbye from everybody. So mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty cool. And they did a good job with it. So I liked it. It was good. I'm, I love to see a show have an ending. Yeah. I hate a show that you just got so fed up with you stopped watching it and then, you know, maybe they just stopped airing or stopped recording or they had an ending nobody saw because it was so bad. So it's good to see just a final conclusion of a series. Yeah. But I don't know. I've been watching a, a little bit of stuff here and there, but that was mainly... I watched a couple episodes of This Is Us, but haven't gotten really into that I yet. Like this is a, I, I know that doesn't fit with our brand yeah. of geek stuff, but... <laughs> I'm a big fan of This Is Us. I know. That gets me every time. You keep telling me to do it. It's like, okay. I, I started in a season two, so I haven't seen the season you're watching. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to get my wife to watch because it sounds like something I'm she would love. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know Susan would like that show. Yeah. So, we'll see. Got to sit her down. There are, it gets you. It gets you good. Yeah. They do what, a, well job, a good job. What are you watching right now? Uh, at the time of this recording, I'm watching Peaky Blinders. Oh, God. Season That's six. That's one I need to get into. Season six? Five? One of those two. Yeah. Uh, there's only six episodes per season. I mean, gosh, it's so short. But they're hour-long episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. And I was just watching uh, season or episode four of season of the last season. Yeah. Uh, and there's only like two more to go of mm-hmm. the series. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god. Um, 
and something happened and I was just like, I was so tired of the character they finally killed off. And uh, the way they killed it off and Polly is satisfying. so awesome. So Polly is um, the aunt, uh-huh. you know, that's, uh, that's always with them. And I just, every character is awesome. But when she pulls the trigger and you're like, and you see who, that it was her that pulled the trigger, you're like, yeah, Polly, baby. She's so good. Yeah. Uh, that show has a really good track record of just making me shout and happiness. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Nice. Um, that's good. It's really good. Yeah, you guys should check it out. It's got, I mean, Littlefinger, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, Littlefinger this season's been really good. Um, so many, the guy from Pianist, I can't think of his name, but he's really good. There's a lot of he, awesome I remember people. he has a hard name to pronounce. Yeah. Um, we've also, we just, no, we didn't even finish. We've been watching uh, lately, just for the white noise in the room, uh, Friends again. Yeah. I think is I think it just came back on Netflix, something like that. They just renewed their contract. Yeah, they spent a lot of money to do it. They lost office because of it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And everybody got pissed off. <laughs> so somebody has Seinfeld, because I was watching Seinfeld too. Maybe it's Hulu. I think Hulu has off uh, Seinfeld now. Yeah. Or or maybe they don't. And NBC's coming out with their own streaming service, so they're kind of getting ready for all oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. NBC owns Friends, Office, and Seinfeld. Yeah, okay. Good shows. <laughs> yeah, because we rewatched The Office uh, not too long ago, and so now we're watching Friends. But I watched a few episodes of Seinfeld. I was like, man, that's a really good show. I kind of want to get back into that. But I wish... I wish we had a new version of like Friends and Just Seinfeld. background music or background yeah. sound. Like yeah. a good... like. Situational they exist, comedy. But I think we don't watch them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the middle was kind of like that. It's just not I think Goldberg's right now is kind of like because we don't watch that kind of. We watch Netflix and, and Hulu and and you know streaming services. Yeah. I think maybe Broad City is probably the closest. Broad City canceled after very, like four. But I love Broad City. It's very like modern because that's the problem. Is Seinfeld and Friends are super outdated. Yeah, yeah. So you got to get something that's more modern, more cutting edge to what. More so many of edgy. Jerry Seinfeld's problems would have been solved by a cell phone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Answering machine issues and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's some good stuff there. Yeah. I know you need you need to watch Peaky Blinders. <laughs> all right, guys, that's gonna be it for us. I'll keep pleading that he watches Peaky Blinders. We'll talk to you all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.